You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we go long on endurance and also we learn a little Zen along the way. All right, we've got a really cool episode today. We have a review of the most popular, highest in demand smart trainer for your bike. And I got one a few weeks ago and I've written a bunch. I'm going to tell you all about it. We have bike of the week. We have how to know if your cramps are caused by sodium, electrolyte, uh, imbalance, loss, or uh, by overtraining. Two totally different reasons to have cramps. And also, should you train if you're sore and you start off running and it hurts? So is that uh, a day that you should just call it and say, I shouldn't train, or should you keep going? And then also how to get faster using a very simple spreadsheet. All that and a whole lot more in this episode. I was about to start over a whole nother show right there. <laughs> All right, let's do a, a little bit of news. Here we go. So the biggest thing in news is the Garmin Vector 3 pedals. These bike pedals look a lot like I don't know, Shimano, Ultegra, Shimano, Dura-Ace, 105, regular clipless pedals, but they're not. Over the, over the past few years, Garmin has moved from power meter pedals, and these are what tell you your watts, uh, right uh, in these pods that kind of are next to your pedals, but then you could bang up these pods. It's just like, it's like too many pieces, you know. It wasn't very zen. It wasn't very clean and minimalist. And PowerTap came out with theirs where you can um, slide, I think it's a AAA battery in them. And they looked really good compared to the Garmin's, but they are uh, just a little bit bulky. And now Garmin has theirs trimmed down, slimmed down to where they look like uh, almost indistinguishable from other pedals. And that's actually not a bad idea because people can steal your pedals which happened at a uh, triathlon recently. Somebody had some Garmin power meter pedals and then I got them stolen between transitions. <laughs> Came out of the swim or something like that and his pedals were gone on his bike in an Ironman. It's absolutely crazy. And so you want them kind of low profile so they're hard to notice. And what is really neat, you know if you put your pedals on your bike, if you're standing on the opposite side of the bike from your pedal, you can kind of see the axle of your pedal through the crank crank arm, uh, that's where there's some indicator lights. That's pretty neat. And I'm trying to think what else, a rechargeable battery. Battery life is okay. But the uh, downside is still uh, almost $1,000, like $999. And don't rush out to go out and buy these things. It's uh, not, I think they're not shipping quite yet. But this is... uh, this is really neat because you can swap them from bike to bike if somebody hasn't stolen them yet for their own bike. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're seeing there's there's another company with the unfortunately named Asimo or something like that uh, that has them even cheaper. I think you can get just a one-sided pedal if you want and 
I may end up doing that. I need to get a bigger crank on my bike. I'm running out of gears. My uh, bike trainer training has elevated my game enough where I'm actually starting to need a bigger crank. And uh, the uh, the cranks that come on a lot of triathlon bikes now are 5652. Uh, That's a tooth count when they used to be 53. Um, and 53 is for your road racing and you're standing up and stomping on it. You need this giant uh, gear in the front, chain ring in the front. And you don't quite need that in triathlon because you're riding at a more even pace. And you shouldn't be standing up and stomping it because you still have to run. So it helps to reduce weight even to shrink that crank in the front a little bit down to a 52. But I'm finding I'm, I'm needing probably to go up to a 53 why am I talking about this? This is not relevant. But anyway, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, crank-based, uh, power meter, da 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 So I need, to, I need to start looking at a power meter myself. And so the, the Garmin's did catch my attention because once you're in an ecosystem of stuff, and this is the third generation, stuff uh, tends to work better together, like all, um, unfortunately, all Apple stuff. I'm an Android fan too and a Windows fan. I'm a Windows boy from the 90s. So don't lump me in that Apple stuff. And the uh, I do love Apple too, though. But the whole point is they've got some new pedals out. Go check them out. Immediately, PowerTap dropped the price of their pedals. If you have multiple bikes and you want power on all your different bikes and you like the whole idea, these Garmin's are finally uh, what people are looking for. They're still just a bit expensive. Okay, so that's enough of the uh, triathlon news, a ramble there. We're going to cover some other really, really interesting things. Uh, first off, I want to mention that I got a bunch of emails and Twitter comments about the uh, last episode interview with Diane and the uh, blind triathlete and how she got into this. And apparently I did a really good job, which is better than I thought I did. And it really was an honor to um, to get her story out there. She is the uh, epitome of what Iron Man is all about, and I uh, I ranked that interview right up there with the the I interviewed one time a few years back Gordon Holler, and he is the first ever Iron Man. He he competed in the first ever ever Iron Man ever, and he also won it. And talk about <laughs> that is what Iron Man's all about. It's like a bar bet, you know, who's going to go do this and who's going to finish. And he, um, that her story, Diane's story, is very similar to that. It's just, I'm going to go do something crazy. I'm going to do this and nothing's going to stop me. And so if uh, this is your first episode, make sure to go back and listen to Diane's story uh, last time. I think her interview starts about 30 minutes in, if you want to skip forward to that. All right, we have, let's see, I get the show, the show notes in order here. I, I panned around when I was looking for something. We have the uh, power trainer. So a smart trainer versus a dumb trainer. And I've heard, uh, I've heard another phrase recently, the dumb home. That's where you just don't get all the tech stuff in your house and just try to live a, a more simple life. Then you have, instead of having a smart home, you have a dumb home. <laughs> I like that. And then there's FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And that's why people check the internet constantly for news. There's JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. It's not caring anymore. That's a, that's a little taste of your, of your Zen for this week. There's a, there's a name for it. 
It's where you don't care about all that stuff. It's called JOMO. But if you do want to enjoy having a trainer that has uh, that behaves very differently than a dumb trainer, then we have one for you here. I'm a big fan of this one. I got a Doretto, Dorito, D-I-R-E-T-O trainer after DC Rainmaker, who reviews everything, trap one and electronic, gave it, if he had a third hand, he'd give it a triple thumbs up. He said, this thing is great. It's absolutely uh, what a trainer should be. And it's not overpriced relative to the competition. So uh, hop on it if you, if you can. And I did. So I got one of the early production models. And it also barely missed the hurricane that hit Florida. <laughs> I was tracking it. And it missed that. And, uh, oh, my gosh, that was... That was crazy watching that on the uh, FedEx tracker thing. And then, let's see, setting it up uh, took longer than I thought because this thing is Italian. Now, it's way better looking than, than I thought. And it looks great already. It looked really great on the, in the advertising stuff. But the fan blades inside the, to keep it cool or something like that. Are, are like this crimson translucent red. It's really neat. It's so Italian. It looks like it's made by Ferrari and Lamborghini, like worked together and built this thing. It's really, really pretty. And that's one thing the Italians are fantastic for is um, design. It is gorgeous. And let's see, it doesn't come with a cassette on it, so you need to buy a cassette. And I went and got a 1228 because I just got what I already had. And uh, let's see, you take your, this is one of those ones where you take your rear wheel off and then you put your bike on it. Now, the whole upside of one of these smart trainers is it can talk to, it can talk with, and that's very important. It's not one way, it's two way. And it's both Bluetooth and Ant, which is really important uh, because a lot of devices are one or the other or both. But this one, because it has both, it can do either or. And those are your wireless protocols. And you have to you have to talk on some sort of standardization. And it's like using open standards, so it can do almost anything. It can talk to almost anybody. But uh, so let's say you're riding your bike and you want to use Trainer Road, which is a software program which has a graph that runs on the bottom of the screen. You can use it on your iPad and stuff. And it's like, go harder, go easier, go harder, go really hard, go easier. And it's it's way more detailed than that. But I've been using Trainer Road uh, for years, since they very first came out. And they um, their software talks to the trainer. And if you're on an iPad, yeah, it's pretty much, probably almost always Bluetooth. Yeah, if you do Ant on a computer, then you have to have like a dongle. <laughs> it's one of the funniest words in American language and English language. The, uh, the trainer, you have to plug it in and it, it lights up with all these little communication lights and it goes, all right, I'm ready to rock. And it ups the resistance according to what the software program that you're looking at on your iPad or on your iPhone or whatever you're using, your computer, um, and even your bike computer. It 
it reads the programs that you're running and can elevate the resistance for you. So it's a really nice way to get in workouts without thinking too hard and taking the stress off of you of deciding what am I going to do. And Trainer Road even has a program to increase your bike power and get you better at cycling. If you just do these workouts, then you will get stronger. And I read on Slow Twitch all the time people that, that use that program, and it does. It increases their power uh, by quite a, quite a bit. So it's like a coach built in. It's pretty neat. And let's see, what else does it do? Oh, it can act as a uh, regular trainer. And it, uh, you just don't ever tell it to run a program. So today I rode an hour and 35 minutes. It's like 36 miles or something like that. Um, with the trainers on and... I'm, I'm watching a YouTube video, and there's these YouTube videos from the viewpoint of the motorcycle. It's point of view from the motorcycle out. These are great, by the way, out patrolling an Ironman course. So you feel like you're out on the Ironman course on your bike, and you're just passing everybody on the left. It's so great. And it's actually a great way to, uh, to make the time go by and also to train yourself on what it looks like out there. Um, out on the bike course. And for most of us, you know, what it looks like, uh, uh, it, oh, there goes the laundry. Not, not, uh, if we are faster, <laughs> it's like your dream come true. So it's kind of motivating. You're like real positive about it. You're like, this is great, man. I'm just flying by everybody. And then every once in a while he'll hit, oh, it's cool. You're going by and you're like, man, look at that. Uh, look at that guy set up. Look at that guy set up. Look at that girl set up. Oh my gosh. What is that person doing? Why is that person right? Oh, that person's too high. That person's uh, going to hurt himself <laughs> with repetitive injury. And um, and then you'll see a pack of cyclists together, and you're like, damn it. I remember yelling at the TV. I go, get them, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, do I still have one loaded up? If you want to search for one, these are pretty good. KMD. Google a KMD Ironman Copenhagen 2015 Marshall on motorbike looks for drafting. Look for that, and uh, that's the one I was watching today. It was pretty good. And then that's the uh, German countryside, actually, as well. So you feel like you've traveled the world. It's pretty neat. Anyway, back to the trainer. Um, so I was riding this thing, and the trainer's just acting like a regular trainer. It's uh, indifferent to what I'm doing. And uh, if I go faster, it gets harder, you know. And uh, if I try to go faster, it gets harder. And... The, the great thing about it is it has a power meter built in. And the, the Doretto, Dorito has an optical power meter. And I don't know how that works, but it's, uh, I guess it's visually looking for uh, chain stretch, uh, chain stress or something. And then it can go, okay, this is, uh, he's going harder, I can tell. So if you want a power meter, at least on your indoor rides, but you don't want to get all into the power meter stuff like the Garmin Vectors and everything, you can get a trainer and a power meter all in one with one of these smart trainers. And on top of that, let's see, it's uh, it's actually pretty accurate uh, power meter as well. So one thing I've noticed is um, something that happened to me that may happen to you is... You've been riding your bike for a, law, a while, a lot, and then uh, your chain actually gets stretched out. So because the, um, the power meter, the, uh, the smart trainer doesn't come with a cassette on it, 
because people are so picky about their cassettes. They want an 1125, they want a 1228, they want a 1225, you know, what do you want? Uh, so they just let you, they just tell you, you got to go get your own cassette. That I went, like I said, and got a cassette and had it put on there. Well, if you've been riding your bike and your regular wheel for a long time, as the chain stretches, it wears out the rear cogs on your, on your old bike wheel. And now your chain isn't going to mate up with the new cassette very well. And when I, <laughs> I put my bike on this thing and I started pedaling, it sounded horrible. The chain trying to match up, the worn out chain trying to match up with the uh, cogs was so bad that I, re I remember Emily came in. Kai came in, everybody came in, and they're like, what is going on? And it sounded like uh, somebody had turned on a quiet blender and then thrown glass marbles in it or ball bearings or something in it. It was just terrible sounding. And Emily was worried that that was what the trainer was going to actually sound like because in one way it was kind of quieter than, than, um, than a wheel-on trainer, but in another way it was uh, a lot louder and just rattly and, and just terrible. So I went to the bike shop and I said, um, hey, I've got a theory that my chain, I don't have a chain stretch measure tool. I need to get one because of this. I said, uh, I have a theory that my chain's stretched out. Can you guys uh, measure, measure my, train, my chain and uh, see if I need a new one? <laughs> And they hung the chain from a wall. They have a nail. And then they, well, they measured it. And, and Andrew is this guy's name. And he's like, uh, dude, your chain is so stretched. It's beyond the measurement of the tool. And I was like, oh, my God. And then he hung the chain from a wall, two nails side by side. And then uh, my chain was a full link longer than <laughs> a new chain. <laughs> And he's like, your chain has stretched that far, like a whole link. And he's like, that's crazy. And I said, so I'm going to take that as, as I'm uh, awesome? <laughs> like, I'm so powerful, I stretched my chain out? And the answer is no. It's, it's somewhere in between. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. You put out that kind of power to stretch metal, you know. But you're also a dumbass because you're, you're wearing out your um, – when things don't match up, well, then you – and you don't change out your chain, you wear out your rear cassette, rear cassette can cost some bucks you know and he said i'm worried about your front chain rings too it looks like they're kind of okay but uh. and um but also like i said i want that i want the uh, bigger crank in the front so i'm not that worried about it i'm not a fan of the old tegra the shimano crank that's all bonded and and uh doesn't have bolts on it and stuff like that i don't know why it just bothers me and that's what i've got anyway so I got the new chain put on my bike, and then I needed to buy a new rear cassette uh, and uh, to match up with the new chain to go on my regular wheel. I haven't put it on yet. And then took my bike back home and put it back on the trainer. And then that's when I realized how quiet this thing is. So a wheel-off trainer, and DC Rainmaker does these reviews, and he rates them. He tells you uh, the decibel rating on them and it is so much quieter than what I was using before that I uh I couldn't believe it and Emily thought I wasn't even in the house 
one time she thought I'd left because and I was on the she thought maybe it was like a fan that I left on in the room. And that was it, like a small fan. And let's see. So oh, if you live in an apartment upstairs, uh this our trainer room is close to Kai's room and you know he needs to sleep, so I don't want to wake him up and don't want to wake up the house early if I get on the trainer. So this is a big thumbs up. We really, really like this. And I haven't had any problems except for the fact that it's Italian and the instructions are natively in um, Italian and the translation to English can be a little a little difficult at times, but this is a big trainer company. It's Elite and is the name of the company, Elite Doretto. And they... Um, they know how to put these things together, and this is one in a million, you know, one of their millionth uh, products. So I'm not worried about that end of things. And let's see, let's talk about Zwift. If you play the video game Zwift, um, it really does work. It was, I just, my mind was blown how cool it is. You're riding along, and it starts going uphill, and all of a sudden the trainer gets harder and harder and harder. So there's a trick. Uh, the, uh, there's two tricks to Zwift. Uh, there's a preferences file, one, where you can always make it the island, the big uh, tropical island that's just paradise and go right around on that. You can Google that and find that real quick. And then the other one is when you start riding, if you go to the menu options, you can adjust a slider, and it seems to remember it every ride, and you can make it how realistic of a ride you want it to be. Do you want it to slam you with resistance when you start pedaling, or do you want it to um, make you have to shift just a little bit? And it's 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 like trainer realism or something like that. But anyway, and oh, and that makes it way way better because having to shift all the time on an indoor trainer is annoying, and the uh, you can reduce that amount with the slider thing. And then on top of that. Let's see. I'm just really enjoying it. It's really cool. It's cool having the options of, um, you know, do I want to ride just watching TV and just kind of shift uh, every once in a while? Uh, do I want two hours to go by uh, with some hills in it where the course gives me the hills, then uh, riding to Zwift is just wonderful for that. Do I want to do a specific uh, program with specific intervals? I can program it in there. Um, even Training Peaks, I believe, I haven't done this yet, you can build a workout in Training Peaks, and then if somebody loads it into their Garmin and their Garmin talks to a smart trainer, it can do that exact workout. Oh, the other big thing was um, from your computer, your bike computer, you can control the trainer and tell it to increase watts uh, down to like a really small number. Like you want to bump it up like five watts. You hit this. You can hit the up button on your bike computer up by your hands, and it'll increase the wattage. So you want to go from you know 200 watts to 250 watts. You can just go bam, 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 bam. Hit it a bunch of times, and it'll start climbing and. Um, and up the resistance. It's really, really, really neat. And yeah, so the, the cool thing is to have uh, some options in there on how you want uh, to ride your bike. Honestly, I haven't ridden outside. 
like two weeks. We've had some camp. We went camping, so I couldn't ride outside. I mean, I could, but um, it's it's just uh, a total game changer have one having one of these things, um, and then also having these uh, different software packages or YouTube videos and just riding along and kind of doing what you want. I love it with a power meter built in. It's really really nice. All right, let's go ahead and cover our bike of the week. Brought to us by Velo Insurance Bike Insurance. Here we go. Pokadani, King of the Mountain. Let's go, King Come of the Mountain. On, Come on, on, let's go. He doesn't know what it is. All right, I was going through all the uh, new bikes that have been released and there was nothing new, like dramatically new, introduced. And then um, I think the last week we kind of covered like an older release bike that was still pretty cool, but it wasn't new. And then we're gonna have, in just such a short time, we're gonna have new bikes seem to come out uh, right before Kona. And that reminds me, I, sh I should color cover the uh, the P5X, because that's a really interesting bike. And then, but the uh, the big thing is, it's Kai's birthday. My son is just turned 13, and for his birthday, he outgrew his old bike that he races on, and he races well, and that's his thing. So we're like, okay, we're going to sink some money into an even better bike, uh, because he was just kind of getting by with a decent bike, uh, Specialized Dulce. But it's a women's bike. Um, you can't tell. It's not like done up with um, pink colors or anything like that. It's black and white. But, uh, and he has race wheels on it, but oh, he's outgrowing it. And so we're like, we need to, we need to get a little bit bigger bike. Let's start looking at bikes. And I remember a few years, how oh, many years ago, 2004 maybe or something. Um, no, I think it was later than that. But it doesn't matter. But I was looking for my first real triathlon bike, and I was at Bicycle Sports Shop in Austin. And I said, uh, hey, you know, this, that, and the other. We're looking at bikes. And then there was these bikes. I happened to be there in the fall, and there was these bikes that were discounted really a lot off, hundreds of dollars off, two, $300 off, maybe more. And I couldn't believe it. And I was like, what's up with these bikes? Because they look great. What's the difference? And, oh, well, those are last year's models. You know, that's a, let's say it was a 2005. They're like, this is 2004's bike. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I can't tell any difference. Okay, I'll take one of these. You know, do you have it in this size? And they're like, yeah, hey, let's go look. And they have like a bicycle sports shop. It's really big. They have like all kinds of bikes in storage. And they go, yeah, we got one. We can build it up for you, uh, and then you can you can uh, walk out with it in a few hours or so. And I was like, all right, cool. So when we're looking for Kai's bike, we're at uh, our bike shop here, and they had a giant Propel, uh, and the giant Propel series is their aero road bikes. And Kai's bike racing, he does kids trap on. They're not allowed to have full aero bar setups. They have to ride um, drop bars. And so an aero road bike is actually a really smart, uh, buy. And so we we're, I was looking at it and 
there was something. I go, how much is that? And they go, oh, well, that's last year's model. And then <laughs> I was like, ding, 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 ding. All right. Now we can make a deal, dude. That's last year's model. And uh, it's it's the uh, Giant Propel 1. They have like a 2 and a 0. The 0 is like, I think, really super, super, super duper high end. And the 1 is really nice. And uh, the one has Ultegra everything. The only thing on it that's not Ultegra, and Ultegra is like the really high-end stuff. Uh, There's only one higher, which is Dura-Ace. So Ultegra is flawless. It is, unless you're sponsored and somebody's giving you a free bike (laughs) with free gear all over it, you get Ultegra. Ultegra is fantastic. And, I mean, it's... It's amazing. It's amazingly good stuff. Shimano Ultegra is the way to go. And the only thing on it that's not Ultegra is there's brakes on it that Giant made uh, custom for this um, frame, I guess. So that way they fit in line with the tubing so they're more aero. And I'm like, well, that works for me, you know, because it'll it'll be more aero. But anyway, this... Oh, and they wanted... The bike retailed for twenty six hundred dollars, and we got it for nineteen hundred, I think. But anyway, the what I remember is uh, six hundred dollars off. Six hundred dollars off. So the bike of this episode's bike of the week is not any bike in particular. It's last year's bike. <laughs> that's still in the shop that they're trying to move. And the time to get it is in the fall. And this is perfect timing. If you're looking to upgrade your bike and you can find one from last year, bikes barely change at all from year to year. You want a new bike and get free maintenance because you're getting it at a bike at that one bike shop. Ask them if you can look at, if they have any models left over from last year. They'll be out on the floor. They want to move them. They want to get them off the floor so they can sell new bikes. It's a lot like cars. And... You can find smoking deals on bikes and either just pay a lot less or have money left over for a power meter, for example, um, better wheels, because usually stock wheels that come on a bike uh, aren't fantastic for uh, triathlon racing, so you want to upgrade your wheels. Uh, let's dig a little bit deeper into this um, road bike, though. Let's say you do uh, triathlon and you want a road bike. Well, this is an aero road bike, so the tubing is flattened out. So it's way more aero. Uh, let's see. It's a carbon frame, carbon fork, carbon seat post. Oh, Kai is um, just a tiny bit too small for it. So the seat goes down, and then the tube is shaped so the seat can only go so far down uh, before it hits some of the tubing inside. So we had to break out the Dremel tool and cut it down, <laughs> cut down the seat. <laughs> Which it was weird doing it with the Dremel tool. It didn't uh, shred it or anything like that. It melted it at the same time, so it cut through and it, it kept the integrity of the. Welcome to the next level. semi-aero wheels on it that come stock. Uh, they're a little bit aerodynamically uh, shaped a little bit better. It's an 11-speed, which is as far as they go. And 
It's got that crank on it. It's got a 3652 on it, which is great for... Um, I've never looked at the crank on it. You get used to different crank on ones, no matter what they are. But yeah, you can optimize them. Right but I'm trying to think. Uh, it's, it's really pretty. Oh, the thing is, Giant. Is, Giant's a great bike brand because they're actually like the biggest bike brand. And they own a lot of the factories that make the carbon this and that and this, you know make all the stuff for bikes and a lot of bike companies get their stuff through giant and uh, ask giant to make it for them and pay giant for it so when you buy a giant you are getting the economy of scale you're getting a hell of a lot of bike because they don't, uh, they don't need to charge a lot because they're making a lot of money on this on the other side of things, and uh, they also know what they're doing, and it's um, a really really well made bicycle. No, there's no worries ever. <laughs> it seems like with getting a giant, and uh, Kai is just over the moon with his bike. He's super super excited. So that's my bike of the week, which is last year's bike. Get it at a big discount off if you want to ride drop bars let's say you ride triathlons and really technical terrain and so you want those drop bars like a road bike then um, check out the giant propel series it's a very aero frame uh, well-made bike and i don't think you can go wrong with that all right so this was brought to us by velo insurance bike insurance hey a lot of our bikes cost as much as our first car. I think that's definitely true. Kai's bike, let's see, let's say, let's say it was two thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said two thousand dollars with a kid's bike. But it's an adult bike. Uh and <laughs> trying to rationalize it again. But the um I definitely paid more for that than I did for my motorcycle. Let's see, my first two motorcycles. Uh, my first car was probably around two grand. And maybe a little bit. No, I think it's like five grand, six grand. But anyway, we're up in the same amount of money. And you cannot drive a car around without insurance. So what, are you crazy, you know, not having uh, bike insurance on your, on your beautiful bike? Carbon does not react well to sliding across blacktop or crashing into a downed rider. If that ever happens, there is a company that can save you for those big out-of-pocket repair bills. You, know, you want to get back on your bike, you want to get on it soon, you have time to save up all over again, all over again for another bike to repair it or to get it replaced. So Velosurance was founded by riders, bike riders, to offer owners of high-value bikes a complete bicycle insurance policy that is specifically designed to protect against all the risks we face every time we ride our bikes you no longer have to worry about whether another policy you own will cover your bike because all Velosurance does is insure bikes. And since 2012, they've insured over 30,000 high-value bikes and their owners. So let me tell you my story of dealing with State Farm, trying to get them <laughs> to insure my bike. I had to go back and forth and back and forth with them a dozen times, and I just gave up. I'm like, they don't, they're, they're not going to cover it between this and that and this one this one state farm insurance agent said that they would you know and then another one said that they wouldn't and then they would here but not there and oh my gosh it was just killing me 
And so uh, I do like we we do a State Farm for our house and everything. But I was like, man, this they they um, and oh, and it varies per state, right? So just Velo Insurance just across the board is all about bikes and uh, the way real cyclists ride them. Check this out, what you can get. There's even optional coverage, like worldwide coverage. Let's say you go do Ironman in Canada or uh, Sweden. Uh, medical to cover the gap between what you have to pay and when your health have to pay and when your health insurance company picks up 100 uh, percent. Liability protection if you're ever faced with a lawsuit related to your bike, uninsured motorist coverage, and even stranded cyclist coverage that is a free 35-mile ride home for you and the bike. <laughs> That'd be funny. No, you can't bring the bike. Or what if they just said, yeah, we could take the bike, but you got to stay here. No, that would be insane. They say you and your bike can get in the back of the truck. That's my uh, that's Texas uh, bike insurance is somebody's pickup truck. You just wait and you hop in the back. I can't tell you how many times I've had to do that. Uh, if you get stranded out on the road, the cost uh, for the roadside coverage is only $10 a year. Cheaper than a pair of socks. You ever you have those cycling socks that you just love? I got some from Alcatraz. It's cheaper than that. Let's see. The short story is Velocurance is worth a peace of mind. Is owned and staffed entirely by riders, offering the offering a standalone policy in 47 states in Washington, D.C. Okay. So if you want to get a quote and Talk to Dave. <laughs> this is my favorite part. I love this part. Dave at Velosurance.com. V-E-L-O. Surance. Dave at Velosurance.com. He will personally review your quote and see if you qualify for additional discounts. And Velosurance is also in the habit right now of sending me emails whenever somebody contacts them and says, hey, I heard you on Zentri. They're so happy, you know. And uh, I love getting these emails. They just uh, forward them to me. And they're like, look, this is so cool that um, the uh, you got Zentri fans like uh, wanting to get interested. We heard about it. We heard about this on Zentri. So you guys are doing awesome out there. Let's get our butts covered out there uh, so that we don't have to face a huge, huge bill of money suddenly. And that's what insurance is all about. Okay. Let's move on to... Cramps. Cramps. I got cramps. Let's see. I was answering a question on Reddit. You go to reddit.com, R-E-D-D-I-T.com, slash R. That means a subreddit, I think. And uh, then slash triathlon. And it's not like a massively popular uh, one, but it actually it is pretty popular. I'm just comparing it to other ones like games <laughs> but the uh or movies or something like that but triathlon uh has a lot of newbies in there and then a lot of experienced people answering the newbies questions and it's it's a lot of fun in there and very casual and somebody asked something about cramps and there's a uh, there's a big difference between cramps in your calf or cramps in your quads and then uh and then cramps kind of all over and the your electrolyte sodium balance we should talk about that because we got to mention salt stick on this episode and the the big deal is uh 
um, if your cramp, if if cramps were caused entirely by low sodium, low electrolyte balance, well, then you would feel cramps all over your body, right? But in fact, that does happen. And actually, before you start feeling those cramps, you're, you're just going to suffer in performance anyway. You're going to have slower performance. And then the cramps set in. And I have felt that as recently as a few weeks ago. I was out on a bike ride, and then I started getting zingy, tingly, ping, ping pong <laughs> um, nastiness um, everywhere. Like, I got it in my arms, chest, back, neck, legs. It seemed like it kind of started in my legs, but it kind of moved all over the place. That is, you are low on sodium relative to your water, and low on electrolytes, and you are your body's having trouble conducting electricity through yourself because that's that's why it's an electrolyte is it helps your uh, your nerves actually carry electrical signals. So you get low on sodium, and your your body starts misfiring and doing all kinds of crazy crap, and that's bad. And that's how you know that you need to up your sodium, your electrolyte. Uh, levels in general or reduce your water but if it's hot then you're probably drinking a lot of water not enough uh, sodium with it and in your daily diet too you can kind of preload your sodium you know get your sodium levels up now if you're biking and you are running and you start getting cramps in your quads or your calves uh, for example anywhere get in your arms, you know, swimming, then that is an overuse type of cramp. Now, being low on electrolytes is not going to help, <laughs> but they are generally two different things. And people, the reason that this sneaks up on people and they think that one may be the other you know, you've got leg cramps during your race. Well, that you need to up your sodium. Uh, no, not exactly. What's happening is you are going too hard or too long compared to what you've trained yourself up to be. So you you think that you're biking, or you do bike, you know, an X amount, right? I bike this and I bike that, there's so many miles, and I bike kind of, you know, medium or whatever. Then you go out on your race got an Ironman and you bike um, harder and longer than you've really biked before or you haven't a lot than you've trained up to recently, you're going to get leg cramps because your muscles can't handle it because you're uh, that's one good reason for a power meter and heart rate, for example, is you know you've got some metrics. you can go, oh whoa, I'm going too hard. I don't do this in training. Um, I better not do it on a race because if I do it, if I suddenly do more than what I've trained myself to do in one day, then I'm going to get cramps. And that's what that's all about. And then uh, the thing is, is in races, you do go harder than you think that you're going. And that's why it's really important to have those numbers to keep yourself from doing that or have something to throttle you back because I've seen it where I come out of the water and I start paddling along and I think that I'm doing, feels like I'm doing 200 watts. I'm doing like 280. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Um, 
when we run and it's a mass start, the there's an illusion, an optical illusion that there's two optical illusions. Um, one is on the bike. Everybody's going about the same uh, speed as you. And so it feels like you're not really going that fast because everybody's going the same speed. So you can't see the forest for the trees um, because you're, everybody around you is doing 20 miles an hour. Um, so it feels like you're not going anywhere, right? Because every, everything around you seems still. So you actually go uh, hard, harder to get ahead of them when really you're overreaching. And then what happens is there's a double whammy. You get off the bike and you start running. And you've been doing uh, 20-something miles an hour. And, yeah, there's nobody around you anymore. But you're still kind of used to the landscape going by really fast. And then you start running. And now you're going from 20 miles per hour to 6 miles per hour. And you ever do that thing where you're going 70 miles an hour down the freeway and then you get into town and... Doing 55 feels so slow. You're like, oh my gosh, this is killing me. We forget, you're doing 55 miles an hour. But it feels just ridiculous. You can't stand it. I'm only doing 55. And it's because you were just doing 75, 70. And uh, that's what happens when we get off the bike doing 20. And then we start running at 6. So then we, we go too fast. And... In races, there's so much going on that uh, we don't know that there's these optical illusions and that we're hammering uh, as hard as we are. And that's what gets us our cramps in our, our muscles. So, again, if you have a – oh, well, there's another thing, by the way. People uh, do too much of a hard workout too close to a race. So their muscles aren't fully recovered and close to a race. People tend to do more and more and more. And so on this Reddit thread, I mentioned that I said, Oh, you, you, um, you went too hard, too fast because it's a race than what you were trained for or, and, or, cause it can be both. Um, you did too hard of a long workout um, too hard or too long, um, leading up to your race and you weren't fully recovered yet. And then when you try to go at race pace, um, it's just too much on your muscles and then your individual muscles. Cause this guy said he had a calf cramp really bad and he wrote back and he goes, you know what? I did a long run. Uh, I think he said five days before the race or the weekend before the race. And I said back to him, yep, that's it. Uh, general rule, maybe 10 days of, of uh, it depends on how long and what kind of racing you're doing, but uh, you know, ten days between really big hard workouts, and it was his long run, right? Uh, between something long, if you describe it as your long run, then it's a long run. If it's a long run to you, then it's a long run. And he, it doesn't matter what other people consider a long run. You know, your long run is four miles, then that's a long run. <laughs> Because you're only used to doing two or something. But uh, he said, you know, I did a, I did a long run, uh, f- let's say, five days before the race. And I said, bingo. That's, that's what got you where you're at. And so there was that. That's how you know the difference between the two and what to change in your training. And uh, 
let's see. Speaking of changing your training, let's talk about... Oh, well, we should mention um, salt stick. So you do need, let's say, 300, 300 to 500 milligrams of sodium um, per big water bottle, like two, uh, 20, 24 ounce water bottle, let's say. You may need more. It kind of depends. You kind of you kind of got to learn how much sodium you need. It's how much uh, how much water you're going through, how hot of a day. And my favorite way to do it is salt stick. And we have a uh, we have a sodium sponsor, salt stick, an electrolyte sponsor. And as I pan up through here and get to their their little notes, um, saltstick.com/zentry. And the password is zentry. That's a website. It goes, what's your password? And <laughs> to get through, you have to type in Zentry. Saltstick.com, Zentry. So my, uh, my past workouts, my longer workouts aiming for over an hour, hour and a half, two hours, I put Saltstick capsules, which are my favorite ones, because they're also um, high in potassium, magnesium, because you don't just sweat out uh, sodium. You sweat out... Um, all these other little uh, trace chemicals and uh, minerals, and they uh, salt stick is is the one that they've measured everything that comes off of you, and then you take this and it's um, putting back in you exactly what comes out. And like I said, I uh, recently was on a bike workout and started having the zingers all over me, you know, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god. So I was not doing enough uh, salt stick. So I upped it, and on my very next workout, was totally fine. But that's a place you don't want to be. <laughs> it's getting these weird cramps, just all every little muscle, just kind of like starting to cramp up. And um, man, in Texas, it's so hot here, and you need all these electrolytes and stuff. And it's so easy to do because salt stick, you get these capsules. You can take a whole capsule. Uh, but I like to break them open. They're super easy to do and then mix them with my homemade fuel. I do a little bit of Gatorade powder and a lot of maltodextrin, and I shake it up in a bottle, and I also add uh, some salt stick capsules. And it works really, really well. In fact, let's see, we have this um, this study. In the study, researchers took a bunch of triathletes and gave gave half of them salt stick caps and and the other half just sport drinks. The athletes that took the salt stick uh, finished a 70.3 race in an average of 26 minutes faster than the control group. And that's what I was saying. You may not feel you may not uh, feel the cramps yet, but on your way to those cramps, you are um, compromising your performance. And uh, you know, you don't definitely and you're compromising your recovery big time, big time. And uh, you can get 25% off salt stick by using, uh, by using this discount. You can go to um, saltstick.com, like I said, and get 25% off. And that's in the United States. Um, if you don't live in the United States and still want to find where, where salt stick is uh, sold near you, then you can go to just uh, saltstick.com and look at the uh, store locator at the top, all right? So we have definitely covered our hydration and electrolyte bit for, for this episode, and it's, it's true. Everything I just said, those two different kinds, 
of electrolyte imbalance and cramps and, and all that stuff is definitely true. And uh, once you've mastered that, then you can have a whole lot better races. So make sure to uh, do it right and know what's happening with your body. Okay, on top of that, we have another little piece of training info. How to get faster. Oh, no, we're going to do how uh, should I train if I'm sore? This was another one on Reddit. And instead of news, a lot of news, I just want to, you know, just give like tips. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Um, somebody asked, I'm sore from training. Um, should I keep training or should I stop? And the answer is, in general, keep training, but also a lot of, uh, a little bit of, it depends. So starting off training and you're sore, if you're a little bit sore, that's normal and that's okay. And what you'll find is, the way to know if it's totally okay is, man, not, not too long into your run, like 10 minutes, you might totally forget about it. Um, and if that's true, then you were definitely fine. Uh, you know, the soreness kind of goes away with, with, uh, movement. Soreness is, is your body's, um, still rebuilding, but you can kind of overlap a little bit and start training on that. And a little bit of soreness is good. And actually working out while a little bit sore kind of helps the soreness go away. The, um, the blood flow that you get to your muscles and the range of motion kind of breaks things up, uh, makes things feel good. And so I would say light soreness is just fine. Where you get into an area that you need to watch out for is heavy soreness. If you're super sore, you actually run the risk of an injury. Not well, <laughs> Also, your workouts are very painful, which is not fun. But you should probably probably you know skip a day or two more because um it's not it's not being muscle bound but while th things are still heavily healing you could tear something because everything's still so tight uh when you're sore you know it's like it's hard to get your range of motion and um if you're if you're lightly sore you can start running and or biking or swimming and just be gentle at first and things will loosen up. But if things don't loosen up, then, and, and after you're done being gentle for a while, you can actually, um, you can tear something. So I noticed today on the bike, yesterday I ran for seven miles and then got on the bike for an hour and a half. And then, so it was a two and a half hour workout, all legs, right? So today I wanted to repeat it. And today I, I ran, actually felt, um, pretty good and, um, ran just a tiny bit faster than yesterday and then when I got on the bike and I started pedaling uh, very early on in the bike first few minutes I felt a pull in my calf like a strain in my calf and I was like oh and my calves were a little bit sore right and I was like oh be careful be careful be careful be careful be careful be careful what is that whoa 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 and uh, it was just gentle for a little bit and it went away but that is something to keep my eye on. And what that is is, you know, overuse, <laughs> like the cramps thing. And things have tightened up, and um, I'm running the risk. That was, I guess you would call that a very, 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 very light muscle pull. I had that in my left hamstring. That was my right calf. I had that in my left hamstring 
a few weeks ago. And this is mostly a result of me, um, my feet are healing nicely. And so I'm running a little bit more and running a little bit more, running a little bit more. And I'm trying to restrain myself from running too much. But you're right on that edge, you know. And the indicator was I was a little bit sore. So that's why you need to be careful with that. And uh, if you, in triathlon, if you never got sore or you never trained if you're sore then you would never do anything <laughs> you uh, so what we found is lightly sore is okay and you can still keep improving you need to get in your volume and that's how you do it okay now let's get to the uh, faster slower spreadsheet so i'm a big fan of sammy inkinen oh i just got a text message from emily we got a bark collar for kona and because uh, the neighbors complain about him barking in his bag. He's already barked through the batteries. <laughs> it shocked him so much. And he doesn't care. He gives zero Fs uh, that it stopped working. So we can need a new battery. Anyway, they're hard to find. Emily just texted me that she got the new battery. That's her triathlon doggy that likes swimming. Um, let's see. Oh, I made a spreadsheet. And it's got a bunch of metrics in it. Uh, after every workout, I go and fill it out. And it's not really the spreadsheet. It's really writing down, filling it out makes you remember better. Because I hardly ever go back and look at the spreadsheet. But having to fill out the spreadsheet, you know. The best way to study for a test is to write down the answers over and over and over and over again. And it's you writing down the answers that um, helps you memorize it. So me writing down these metrics helps. Um, Kona's laying, he's been laying here this whole time I've been recording. And... Uh, uh, writing these metrics down is really helpful. And the first metric is, was I faster than last time? And then why not is another thing. So a Google Drive spreadsheet, um, you know, you can edit it from anywhere, maybe even your phone is a really great place to do this. And what would you do differently next time to be faster? So Sammy Inkinen is this amazing... Uh, Ironman guy that's an age grouper and he's all in the metrics and that's the way he started training is to only do what makes him faster <laughs> and you should not be getting slower you should be getting faster now we can understand like like sometimes since I started doing the spreadsheet I have noticed a few times I am slower but man it's a whole lot less since I started keeping the spreadsheet because it's forcing me to think um, and the uh, other metric, I think I talk about it later in the training log. The other metrics I record is how long did it take me to get my heart rate up to 120 beats per minute? And if it took a long time, if it took significantly longer than usual, then I need a recovery day. I'm too tired. And then another one is how long did it take for me to get into the arrow bars? And if it took me a long time, then that means I'm tired and I need more recovery time. And you know what? Since I started keeping the spreadsheet, those times have dropped in half. And then guess what has also happened? My speed on the run and the bike has increased dramatically. And it's because it's forcing me to look at, oh, sodium intake, like um, like uh, salt stick we're talking about. And... It's uh, fueling. What? Why? Why am I slower? What was my fueling like? You know, and I underfueled last bike workout. Um, I'm not keeping weight on that spreadsheet per se, 
I do weigh myself every day, but just for fun. And then I don't have like the hang up about it, trying to drive my weight down. I've been through that phase. And then, um, oh, even though it's an hour workout that I need to pee. And what I've, what I've learned is if I, if I under eat, then I need to, um, I need to pee in just an hour workout. My, my blood sugar's like, ah, and, um, I'm trying to dump liquid to uh, beef up my blood sugar. And uh, the more I fuel, actually, the less frequently that happens. And since I started keeping the spreadsheet, um, it's only happened one time when it used to happen um, uh, more frequently than that, for sure. And let's see. There's uh, other things on there. Let me go. I've got it right here. It's just a tab I keep open on my laptop. Unable to load file. No, you're there. I know you're there. Okay. Date, day, time. Oh, how long has it been since I did a workout similar to this? Uh, was I sore? Was I wobbly, like tired uh, at the start? And, yeah, my, my, my speeds. Um, and I think that's about it. Uh, uh, do I have any injury pain for anything? And in here I put in, you know, my, uh, my calf, uh, hurt just a little bit. And this is really critical because, um, yeah, I'm getting caught up in the moment. I'm kind of looking at it right now. Time to arrow position, time to 120 beats per minute. These are the things that tell you your average pace, average heart rate, um, because we're uploading our workouts to Training Peaks or whatever, and then we kind of forget about them, you know. And the um, these metrics are the ones that tell you if you're doing too much or you're doing just the right amount to get faster or if you're not doing enough. Oh, and then the very first column, <laughs> faster, question mark. And I've got same, faster, slower, right? Those are my entries. And we want faster. We want faster, faster, faster. And same is like, well, you should be faster. And this is this is if you're still progressing as a triathlete, right? And uh, or you're building towards something. And let's see. I was going to read off some, but I don't really need to do that. But anyway, um, I just made this spreadsheet in um, Google Drive, like I said. Made these fields. And um, it really made me pay attention and learn the numbers of, um, and by writing, writing them down, again, I remember them a whole lot better than um, I'm finding after doing 10 entries, for example, that I remember last workout's metrics really, really, really well. Really well. What was the pace on my first mile running? And I can tell pretty much how the rest of my run is going to go by the first mile on one, um, because I'm always running the same route, on my first mile, uh, what was my average pace? If it's slower, that means I'm uh, not recovered much yet. And, um, you know, what am I doing wrong? Do I need to eat more afterwards? Do I need to fuel better during? Do I need, what do I need to do to um, get, because... <laughs> My run speed is nothing to be amazed by, so there's a lot of room for improvement. So what do I need to do? Okay, that is all that. We're getting really close to the uh, training log. I do have an email. 
let's see that somebody sent me uh this is jeff blue moose um he's uh, on instagram and uh, i commented hey man uh that's you take some pretty cool pictures on instagram oh he ordered some hornet juice and uh i said those are some uh, pretty cool pictures on instagram um uh keep them up man they're really cool and he wrote back hello brett Thanks, man. Have to say, your posts are pretty awesome, too. I'm sent traveling on Instagram. A couple weeks ago, I was listening to one of your oldies, the one where you were coming back from the broken arm. You talked about how you broke it at your peak, swimming 1 minute 25 seconds per 100 yards uh, in the pool. But after coming back, your times were crap, and your doc- the doctor said you will probably never get full strength again. Literally 10 seconds after that, I go over to Instagram and see a post from today of you swimming a one minute, 20 second pace over 4,500 yards or something. And I just laughed. You did it, buddy. Three exclamation points. Oh, also on another old episode, you mentioned you were looking for a way to distribute old episodes. Have you gotten anywhere with that? What about putting them on iTunes for 50 cents a piece? I'm sure you could make albums worth and make yeah, albums worth of old interviews. Out Bing Jeff, aka Blue Moose. Yeah, uh, two things. One, yeah, breaking my arm. <laughs> my arm's still not as strong as it should be. It's definitely weaker than it used to be. But it made me buckle down and say, I'm not going to let this beat me, and I'm going to get back to swimming where I was. And through that focus, I actually got to be a better swimmer than I ever was. And it's, I mean, like, way, not way better, but I'm just, like, just way up there as far as swimming speed goes. It's crazy. Um, last week, a few days ago, I swam a 119 pace for 100, 119 per 100 yards, for an hour, which is a 56-minute Ironman <laughs> swim. And then I kept swimming, you know, another four minutes. I swam, you know, a full hour at that pace. And I just can't believe it. It's it's uh, really amazing. And it was from um, being faced, like our friend Diane, um, uh, being faced with an obstacle made me so focused and and it's amazing what we what we can do when we have something to focus our energy towards and to overcome. Uh, on the um, old episodes, man, I'm so busy. I haven't figured out a way to get the old episodes out there. I'll keep the iTunes thing in mind. I got a whole. I tried the. Um, oh, uh, what's the? Um, oh, what is it called? The thing with the uh, people subscribe and then they get things, uh, they donate a little bit for everything that you put out there. I tried that, and it's just too high maintenance for me. I've got a full-time job, and lately I've become a scoutmaster of a Boy Scout troop, and I'm training, triathlon training. Uh, It's just too much. But a place where I could just, if somebody could outline for me um, the way to get them all up on iTunes, I've got all these old shows saved to drives. You know, I could just put them out there, and then people could download them. Fifty cents per episode. You want to hear one interview with um, Luke McKenzie or something like that? You know, <laughs> and see what he sounded like a, uh, a few years ago. Then uh, you could hear that. Uh, speaking of that, man, there's a um, great interview with Pete Jacobs out on the Brick Sessions podcast. I really like it. 
people should go check that one out. It's pretty good. And thanks for the email, Jeff. And continue doing your uh, Blue Moose uh, Instagram posts. I really like them. Do we have anything else before we get into the training log? Let's go check. No, I think that's about it. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the training log. That's where I take the mic along with me as I work out. I've uh, got some audio at the, uh, it's pretty funny. There's these screaming kids and stuff like that uh, nearby at this kids triathlon in uh, Galveston. It's a pirate themed Captain Kids triathlon. And Kai won his age group. He won the 13 year olds and earned himself a new bike in my, in my mind and heart. And um, then he would have gotten a new bike anyway. It's okay. And the, uh, I take you out with me running and to the pool, and I tell you how I'm doing the uh, whole thing, getting faster in the pool. And there's, um, oh, there is one more thing. We are uh, teamed up friends with Traflon Taren, and he is a YouTube Traflon superstar and a really great guy. I like him a lot. And I've been watching his videos on YouTube and also his uh, podcast is what we want you to check out. He's moving over into the podcast area and um, he didn't ask me for tips. A lot of times I get people that ask me for tips on how to do a podcast. He's got, <laughs> he's got the technology thing down, but he asked me, uh, we have a very similar audience. We're all happy go lucky people and uh, we're just trying to go out there and have fun and improve ourselves. And he said, hey, is there any way you can tell other people about my podcast, uh, the Triathlon Terran podcast? And I said, I would be insanely stoked to send people your way. And you can go check him out. He's on iTunes, all the good stuff out there. But uh, the big thing is um, I wanted to mention he went to Interbike. And you should uh, check out. His his uh he's got a video of him at Interbike and this bike I almost made it bike of the week, but I didn't because I don't know what this thing is. It's this uh, Chinese company that uh, Taryn's got it covered on on his uh, videos on one of his recent videos at Interbike that's releasing a, a full blown got everything on it triathlon bike electronic shifting and all that for under five grand and. It's one of these companies that does the builds, kind of like Giant. They do the builds for everybody else, so they know what they're doing. And it's looking like, was it under five grand or under four or three grand? Anyway, you could get like a Traflon Superbike with everything on it that looks like a, it looks like a Frankenstein of like all the big brands, all all their best things kind of put together. And... Uh, uh, they were at Interbike with this thing, and Taryn has a, um, you know, like a whole video dedicated to kind of going over this bike and seeing what it's made out of. It's uh, it's uh, pretty, pretty cool. So go check that out at Taryn. When I get on the trainer, one of the first things I do, besides listening to his podcast, one of the first things I do is I go to his uh, videos, and I see if there's anything new, and I watch those to kind of get me in the mood for... Um, for training he's got so many that's all he does is just tips <laughs> on how to train how to train more and again also go check out his podcast i'm uh i'm one of his guests on one of his very first podcasts it's very cool so go check that out all right okay now let's think about getting into the training log i take you with me 
all this cool stuff. We do have uh, an interview with Kai at the Captain Kids Triathlon in Galveston. He's about to win the whole 13-year-old age bracket, which is really, really great, and earn himself that new bike. <laughs> and let's see, I take you with me on a, on a, a night run. I debate about unsubscribing to any podcast about having to do with low-carb, high-fat <laughs> because it's annoying me. A lot of driving to the pool and talking about how to um, get better uh, at swimming. And then also uh, there's a moment of zen buried in there too. So you want to check all that out. Let's go ahead and get into it with the training log. Here we go. All right, I am here with the beautiful... Centri nurse who just got a text message. We are at the captain, the captain kids track. There's a little girl jumping off of the bench next to me. And here's Kai. We're down in Galveston. You are, are you ready to race? Right training long zone. What do you think you're gonna do? Kunelli. You're race. What's the swim like? Hi everybody. My name is Brad. Don't. I like it. I'm I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my stats. Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all made mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise. Exercise! I'm going to do sit-ups till I poop myself. Is our speaker system kicking in? And, uh, your bike's all racked up, ready to go? Mm-hmm. What was it like, uh... Athlete 646. Freaking alien invasion or something. <laughs> Everybody's grumpy. No. So, what was it like driving through Houston yesterday? It was interesting trying to look and see about the flood damage and stuff. That was cool. Yeah. And there was an entire freeway exit for major freeways shut down still. <laughs> A big banner across the sign that said "Close, exit close for for four highway I-45 north <laughs> off of 610, which is the loop around Houston. That's a major intersection. Just completely shut down still. And I had my own obstacles because my husband and son kept punching me in the car. I didn't punch you. <laughs> trying to show me videos while I'm driving. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. I'm trying to think what I was, I was trying to get your watch set up, no, your bike computer set up, and the Apple iTunes store would not work on your phone unless you're on Wi-Fi, which obviously is not happening on the freeway. It was so frustrating. No, Jacob. <laughs> no, Jacob. <laughs> we just realized we didn't bring any bug spray. Oh, we're in Galveston, by the way. So we had to drive through Houston. There's no other way. You go from College Station through Houston to Galveston. Oh, we ate at uh, Guido's last night. The first thing you notice about Guido's, it's a seafood restaurant on um, on the seawall. It doesn't look very nice on the outside, but whew. Yeah, but it's really expensive. But what's super cool, the first thing you notice when you're inside is the wait staff is a lot older. They have waiters that are like 40, 50, 60 years old. I saw a guy look like he was 70. Right, and our waiter said he'd been working there for 12 years. Yeah. And it's because it's so expensive, they can pay. More special. Athletes, number 116, your bike is in the wrong spot. 
athlete 116. Your bike is in the wrong spot. Come on, mates and mini mates. That's uh, that difficult to find the stickers and put them on this side. <laughs> it's not that difficult. I think he's had it. You see those stickers. If you're 116, you're in the wrong area. Uh, did you notice? Like, Move when, your bike, please. The, when he first started. When he when he first started doing these announcements, first mates. first mates is the parents. When he first, yeah, but first mate is the support crews. It's the parents. When he first started making those announcements, he was all happy and like, yeah, no, oh, we've got somebody in the wrong rack. And now he's like, did you hear when he first started this one? He goes, oh, come on, it's not that difficult. <laughs> Transition is closed for the mates. Five minutes till the transition is secure for our mates. Well, and this race is supposed to be, Mini you know, it's after the season. It's just, quote, for fun. Well, it's for Kai. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. it will be uh, for whatever it's called. I don't know. It's competitive. Yeah, competitive. It's competitive. It's hey, that tell way. us about your uh, cross-country race. Or the one you just did, what it was like. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. Describe it. People, fun doesn't mean anything to people. You got to describe it. Well, you got to go on sidewalks. You got to go on grass. You like that or not? Yeah. What did you think of the your finish line cheering crowd? Oh, that was good. That was did you hear Kirby yell at you? Kai, come back. Are you too good for us? Yeah. You heard her? Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a cheering section. So what oh. place did you get? I got fourth overall and third for the team. Yeah? Your run form was awesome. Gets it from me. Gets it from me. <laughs> well, Dad's run is really weird, actually. Yeah. Here we are. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's the end of that. I got a medal. Because top 15 get medals on the We're not that terrible runners, obviously, Kai, because for you to be that good, you had to get it. You didn't just get it from outer space. So you, maybe you shouldn't say, look at us with looks of pure disgust when you talk about our running. Yeah, like that. <laughs> All right, so what's the next cross-country meet? Brenham? Yeah, top and 20. The top 20 kids from each school only. It was going to just be top 10. And then since Somerville is still flooded, they made it top 20 for Brenham. All right. Okay, what are the distances in this race? No, I don't know. This one we're at? Yeah. 200 meter swim, six mile bike, and one 1 1.2 mile run. It's the same as all your races, Kai. Is this the third time he's gonna have done it? I think so, isn't this the third year? Is this that what's gonna be longer? Okay. Finish the oh. question. What? Is this the third time yeah, you've third done this race? third time. Hmm, okay. what about? I remember he this, got a treasure chest as uh, when he placed, was that last year, Kai? Or the year no, before? Or year before he got a treasure chest. Yeah. And let's see, there is, this is the last race you might do on your uh, specialized Dulce. It is. One of the little kids bit, it, bit the other kid. Oh, he's upset. So, hey, what's, uh, how are you feeling about this being your last race on your, on your uh, other bike? I mean, if you get another bike. I'm gonna break this bike. No, you're not. If you break it crossing the finish line because so much horsepower that you just broke 
brakes smash you the chain. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That'd be all right. Oh, yes. Oh, we're trying to. We're going to sell that bike. Don't break it. We're being ridiculous. Oh, that, that might actually happen. What was that? Snorting snot. If something fell through with your other bike, Kai, don't ruin this one just because you assume you're getting the other one. Yeah, they only made one of your other bike. Yeah, I see the Christmas record. Go ahead and remove the Yeah, just two more months to go. Alright, we see teams warming up doing high steps. I think Where Kai thinks he's team? too. They're all late. Are they in transition? Okay. I'm going to get off the mic. I think we've pretty much covered the. The feeling of the. Slow morning. Kathy, come back and see the race director. Yeah, they've got... Oh, what's really cool about this is uh, we are in the garden gazebo kind of area on the north side of the hotel, which faces the bay. It's really pretty. And they really do up this triathlon really good with uh, a theme, and it's pirate theme. And so there's tons of pirate flags all the place. When the guy's not yelling, you can hear classic pirate music from like 1950s movies. And if you're done, you don't need to be in there anyway. Thank you. Yeah. This race is one of the ones where they still allow everybody to do. Um, Balloons on the bike rack, so you, so people can find their balloons. I saw people writing with chalk all over the sidewalk. You know, Billy, turn here. Right. I like parents. Non-athletes are totally allowed in the transition area, <laughs> and then allowed in and out. We just walked over the fence. Oh, Kai's getting ready. Oh, oh, Kai's got no shirt on. Right about now, it's time we took our shirts off. Do you have your shirt off? No. Be a lot cooler if you did. All right, all right, all right. All right, I got to get off the uh, microphone here to, to help fend off the crowds around Kai. The girls. The women. <laughs> yes. We'll go with that. All right, out, Bing. All right, I am just finishing running at night. Six point, I don't know, 6.82 miles. Maybe just a hair under a 10-minute mile. But that's actually quite a ways recovering from my plantar fasciitis. Let's see, Kai got first place in his race. They do it by year, single years, 13 year olds. And you know what? I'm actually not biased. I'm actually a little bit okay with that because they grow so much from year to year that you do, let's say you did a five year age gap. Well, you got 15 year olds mixed in with 11 year olds, you know? And then 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds mixed in with 16-year-olds. Uh, so doing the uh, one-year breaks it down to um, 
kids that are just their age because they're growing so much. It makes it more fair. Um, the kid that won overall was actually a 12-year-old. He's awesome. His name's Reese, and he and Kai are friends. He lives in the uh, Houston area. But anyway, oh, man, nice little evening run. I've got a route that is very, very light. I messed up the uh, lightly, lightly hilly, very, very close to being flat. And I messed up a uh, few runs ago trying to do too many changes at once. I wasn't aware of it. But then when I look back to why my feet were hurting, I was like, oh yeah. So I did a modification of my route, which actually I really like, but it's got a sharp, very short, but sharp little incline. Just takes a 15 seconds to climb it maybe. And then, but it's sharp. And then a sharp decline and then another sharp incline on it added in and you're like well that's not much that's one little change but then I do this loop three times so it's that times three and that is too much so I went back to my um, my other route and added in a little bit of length to it where it's still a loop-ish but it's not the big loop that I really like but it's flatter and I had no problems whatsoever I feel freaking great and you know and towards the end I got inclined to um, add running up my street as part of the run and my my streets on a little bit of a hill and I was like no dude change one thing at a time just like bike fit <laughs> you know I changed to this loop the flatter loop, but a little bit more distance, almost seven miles, like two tenths of a mile longer. That's enough of a change. That's one change, you know? We forget the changes. And then next run, measure what actually, you know, like add on a little bit of this, uh, of this hill running up to my house to finish off the run. And then see if that's actually when I wake up the next morning, if my feet don't hurt be pretty cool. Hey, uh, I want to recommend Angela Nath's interview on the Fat Black podcast. And one thing she said uh, that, if you notice, I might have mentioned it in the previous couple shows, is pre-fueling for your workout. We're time crunched. Your triathletes, if you're, this is primarily, this is a beginner uh, podcast beginner triathlon podcast, but it's also an Ironman and Ultra podcast because a lot of times we fall into this endurance habit and it's so pleasant. That's my watch talking. Let's see what it says. Okay, I'll save. And the uh, working out becomes entrancing, comes, becomes hypnotic, and you go longer and longer and longer and becomes meditative and so anyway a lot of us that listen to this podcast are doing what other a lot of us would consider monster workouts (laughs) but that's okay you can get there too if you want if not that's cool but if you are the type that is doing the monster workouts you are burning through so many 
uh, calories, so many carbs, that it is, um, and it turns out the low carb stuff or whatever may not apply to you. And Angela Nath was saying that. And the low fat pot, uh, the fat black podcast is a low carb podcast, but the guy's struggling, he's getting injured. He has ups and downs, real sporadic. Sounds familiar, right? And Angela Nath mentioned something about it's very important because she's doing Ironman. She's doing huge, huge mileage. It's very important to eat plenty of carbs. Simple carbs, she said even. You can eat healthy, simple carbs. They can have nutrition in them, vitamins and stuff. And then pre-fuel. And I personally am finding that works for me. And I thought it was cool that she mentioned that because I've been talking about it. And I was like, oh, I've already been talking about that. I'm on the, I'm on the right track. And what pre-fuel means is taking a little bit of carbs. I like maple syrup in my coffee. Like a tablespoon or something like that. And then that elevates your blood sugar a little bit so that when you start rolling you can get right into it because your stores of blood sugar are already depleted. It's not to elevate your blood sugar higher, it's to get your blood sugar up. (laughs) Period. So that you're not so exhausted. Because if you start a workout without um, being properly recharged and refueled, and then in our case, in the long stuff, pre-fueled, it seems, then it beats you up. Your form sucks. You're, uh, you're going slow, so you end up pushing yourself harder because you're like, man, my form is so slow. And then that bangs you up. It gets you pulling on your thyroid, having all kinds of trouble. Oh, man. I'm debating... I'm subscribed just over the past couple years to some uh, low-fat, high-carb, no, high-fat, low-carb podcasts. I'm debating about just turning them off, unsubscribing from them. In fact, I might. Probably will. I can go find them again if I want. And then, uh, just I've already learned the whole point. But like the, one of the latest ones I was listening to was an episode dedicated purely to protecting your thyroid when on low, low carb. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a bad sign, you know. And these are for people that aren't even really working out. This is just, um, these are just your average livers, people living life. Anyway, interesting stuff. Okay, I am going to go inside. Nice little run. Good chatting with y'all. Good weekend. Good weekend. Got to swim in the morning. Out, Bing. All right, we're doing something special here today. We're recording before getting to the pool, leaving the house. There's the sounds of the early morning triathlete. Got up at 430 out to a car here. Here are the sprinklers going in the front bush. Listen to that. And 
the one bush. No, we got bushes. Bushes, plurals. And taking, I've got a kind bar in my back pocket. It's got chocolate on it. And I need to put it somewhere where it's not going to melt. I'll put it over here. The other day I got one out and uh, it had been in my pocket. I forgot what kind of bar it was, but it had chocolate on it. And it was uh, all melted and all over the place. And melts in your mouth, not in your hands. Gonna mount that up there on the way to the pool. I had a little bit of a zen moment. Getting a, it's, it's like a billion degrees outside again. The hurricane, Harvey, as it came through, they're clock, counterclockwise and it hit and went east of us. So it spun and then brought, I can't see. The windows are all fogged up because it's so hot. It brought cold weather down for uh, a couple of days. Let's do these windows here. I don't want to run over my grass. There we go. Now we're back it up. Hoping not to hit anybody or anything. It brought cold weather down for a few days. And that was really nice. And then it tricked us in Texas. It goes, we all started thinking, oh, summer's basically... Uh, over and cold weather means uh, highs in the 80s, like upper 80s instead of upper 90s. I thought, oh, summer's over. We're going to uh, be done with the heat and humidity. No, it was a trap. It's a trap. It was. We should have named uh, the hurricane Admiral Akbar <laughs> because in uh, Return of the Jedi, I guess it is. It's a trap. But we went, oh, it's all hot again. And now the inside of my car is all humid and I can't see anything. I'm having to run the windshield wipers. You can hear all that. But I had a uh, nice moment of zen getting ready this morning. Uh, we were on the road, you know, we drove all the way to Galveston through Houston, saw some of the damage from the hurricane. And uh, it's mostly like the poor areas, poorer areas are uh, flooded out and have, um, they have their houses gutted and debris all out on the streets for the garbage trucks to come pick up. It's really stuff that's going to be worthless because of uh, flood damage. And here it's so humid and hot that you get stuff wet, it's going to mildew. As a kid, we moved to Houston when I was nine, and as a kid, one of my chores around the house in Houston, and we were an hour from the coast still, <laughs> but it's still so humid that mildew grows on things that stand still, and my uh, uh, things get a little bit damp and then stand still, so part of my chores was spraying Tylex on uh, shower curtains, bathroom stuff, and then also out on the, we had a screened-in back porch that had tile on it, and in the morning, of course, it would get water on it from humidity, just dew all over it, 
and then uh, that would allow mildew to grow. So it was constant bleaching, Clorox, Tylex, all that stuff. And let's see, there we go. So all this garbage has to get, all the stuff that got wet has to be thrown out because it's basically, uh, if it hasn't started already, started to mildew, especially because they lost power and all their power is damaged anyway. How are you going to turn on the air conditioning to uh, dry all this stuff out? It's just super humid and hot. And so you end up with this black mildew. It's not black mold, it's just mildew all over everything. And mildew stinks and it stains. It stains everything like black. It's a real pain in the ass. Those of you that live on the Gulf Coast know exactly what I'm talking about. And College Station, we are two hours inland. And we are far enough inland, by the grace of God, that mildew doesn't grow all over everything. That's one thing I notice, is we're at the breaking point of um, no mildew chores all, all the time. There's a guy running, wearing a white shirt. Good for you. Good for you. And that way I can see him in the traffic. It's dark outside. Oh, my moment of zen was we're uh, traveling, right? So we've got Kai stuff. Uh, we're spending the night at this hotel. Blah, 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 blah. Got crap all in my car uh, from three different people, including myself, moving stuff around. And then that was all this weekend. And in the morning, getting up and going swimming it's frustrating getting all your stuff together because stuff has been moved. And Emily is, uh, I always talk about it, she's one of these people that unpacks everything and puts everything away. I have a clipboard from work. I don't know where it is. I mean, y'all listening know just as much where it is as I do, The which is who the hell knows. The only person that knows where it is is Emily, but she's put it away somewhere and it's got notes I need for work, but it's gone and it's been filed away somewhere and now my job is to remember at some point today to ask her where she put it and then she's gonna act all frustrated and say oh, well you just left it in the car so I put it you know I put it in that <laughs> y'all think I'm kidding but she's gonna say something like I put it in the attic with the other clipboards or something like that because the other day uh, to go on this trip on Friday or Saturday morning I said, hey, where's the uh, bag that I had out the other day? I'm talking like two days ago. Where is it to uh, pack my stuff? And she goes, oh, I put it in the attic. <laughs> like, why would you put it? Why don't you put it in a closet or something like that? And she goes, I'll go get it. And then she uh, self-martyrs herself, which I guess a martyr is all about self, uh, to go get it out of the attic. She goes, no, I'll go get it. You know, like it's my fault that she put it up there. And it's real uh, a put out, you know, to go do it. And I'm like, why would you put, it's not like luggage, you know, it's just like a, a it's an Iron Man backpack that they give at the uh, races. And it's, it's one we use on occasion. So just leave it downstairs. You know, why would you go put it uh, somewhere crazy like that? But anyway, so I don't know where my clipboard is. And the list goes on and on like that, right? Everything's uh, turned upside down. And... I have to refine everything. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it's 
it's still uh, because Emily and I've worked on it and I've devised systems around her so that she won't put everything away. But the fact is, uh, suffering, this isn't me making this up, this is a fact. Suffering equals pain plus, um, oh, it's something. Pain plus wishing it was other or something like that, right? Wishing for different. And then, so the pain is, I got to find my stuff. I don't know what, where it was. Oh, it should be different. That's what it is. And then I'm like, well, it should be different. So you can, and suffering is the enemy. And then, suffering's unnecessary if you do one of two things. You either, A, decide that pain's not that bad, it's not that painful, right? Because a lot of times that's just perspective. Or the other one is uh, wishing for other. Things should be different. A lot of, sh if you go around shooting all the time, don't, don't should on people. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, then, uh, you have to come to the realization that things are the way that they are. And while, yes, they should be different, they're not. So they can't be different, right? Things can't be different than the way that they are. It's physics. This is why physicists love Buddhism, is because it's a religion or philosophy that looks at things as the way that they are, not the way that they should. And if you can, it works great with hypothesis and, and theories and testing the scientific method. How is it for real? And what, what is reality? Let's test it. The reality is, is things are put away, right? So wishing for should is wishing for a different past. And that's impossible. You can't have a different past. You have to deal with what is as it is right now. And so I was, I caught myself in that, in that, um, a little bit of suffering, right? And I'm like, oh, I gotta find the stuff. It's all put away and everything. Uh, it shouldn't be like this. And then I caught myself, right? And I said, no, this is the way that it is. If you don't want it to be like this, then it's up to you. Not some mystical uh, trap on God in the sky to fix it for you and to pray to him or her. It's up to you to fix it next time around. And what are you gonna be doing about it? And that's the the other great thing about Zen is that it's a self-actualizing, self-empowering uh, mindset. Is instead of wanting, wishing, and being uh, miserable and suffering, take it as it is because you can't do anything about it. And in the future, if you want things to be different, it's up to you to fix it. And that's one thing we learn about triathlon. Nobody's going to train for you. Nobody's going to pack your swim bag for you. Everybody else is too busy. And you've got to uh, do it yourself. How about that? Uh, as I'm taking a sip of my Earl Grey tea. 
with a little bit of maltodextrin powder in it, pre-fueling just a little bit for my workout. Had coconut chia cereal with real milk, whole milk for the fat. And I'm looking forward to uh, going into work today. Our uh, big boss, the, the uh, department director, retired today. And uh, it's, it's very interesting looking at the change and the fear of change and also that a lot of adults are accepting it uh, very wisely. Uh, it seems to be working out okay. It's not that big of a deal. If you're mature, the older people, the wisdom of experience is saying um, they're not reacting to it. Because what they've seen is two things. People come and go. And then also overreacting uh, makes you look weak. And it uh, leads to uh, franticness and panic and bad decisions. And there's opportunities to move up when there's change. And to take advantage of situations when there's change in a good way not a bad way you do it in a bad way then you're evil <laughs> but do it in a good way and people might because and what I mean is people can see how you handle things and how you do things properly and with calmness and you've got some leadership and so you do things uh, during change in, in this calm and wise way and you see the older people doing it and unruffled about the whole thing and uh, we've got probably s a couple or several months of the assistant director of the department running the show and she's very awesome and capable of doing it so I've lended out my support uh, to her told her personally I'm here for you I can uh, go to meetings for you if you're overbooked just send me and I I will report back with everything that I find. Just be reliable and like a park bench. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there for you, and I, I won't be any different. I'll be unruffled. I'll just, I'll just. Uh, there could be a riot going on in the park, and I'll just be a park bench, just kind of sitting there. One that's bolted to the ground, though. Not one that somebody can pick up and throw. <laughs> that was a good one. Anyway, the. Uh, It'll be interesting watching people's reaction to the uh, change. And, and another thing in Zen is the uh, change is the realization that the only thing that is constant is change, and to not get upset about it, don't freak out. If a lot of a lot of misery and suffering comes from the expectation that things will never change and then getting all upset when things do because it always does and I remember um, and then to take advantage of it to see the upside of it if possible and out of every bad thing comes uh, good things if you if you're positioned and ready for it, it reminds me of like the stock market or people actually bet a bet for things going badly <laughs> because they know things are going to change and then they make money off the stock market going down isn't that crazy I don't know that much about it but apparently it works um, 
years ago, over a period of a few years, I got asked to move offices twice. And each location was actually slightly better, maybe. I made better out of it. There's a kitty cat. Kitty cat, stay out of the road. There's uh, slightly better than the other. And I used the opportunity to clean up my office and uh, get rid of things, you know. <sighs> this latest uh, round, uh, Ben was, uh, his name is Ben, this guy that's leaving. I guess he was cleaning up his office because the assistant director brought to me this huge report from a long time ago, <laughs> 17 years ago. <laughs> A justification for my division that I work in that some uh, analysts have done right if he hadn't left he wouldn't have been digging around and then found that and actually we kind of need that lately we've got some people going hey uh, what do you do again and why and it's not important I'm not worried about it but they uh, now I've got this report that says you need to do this you need to create this division so that this will happen and it's written right there and it's awesome Right, and I wouldn't have that unless the uh, unless uh, he was uh, moving on and retiring. I guess he had it buried in some of his books, and I'm uh, super glad actually to have that. So there's like a little silver lining in clouds, you know. So anyway, I'm here at the pool, and I need to actually get off the mic. I'm gonna do something and practice uh, a little bit of a margin. I'm going to get off the mic and then pause for a moment and make sure I got everything, just kind of go through my swim, through my mind. Uh, before the swim, all the things I need, after the swim, all the things I need, and do that uh, with a little bit of calmness for like a minute or two, and then uh, go in, kind of practicing the margins, expanding the margins to feel a little bit more uh, relaxed and a little bit more, I wouldn't call it luxury, but calmness, I guess. Luxury is calmness, you know, when you think of it. You go to a luxurious hotel, that's what they're selling, is calmness and confidence and uh, security. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Out, bang. All right, swim is done. Let's get in the Zentra Mobile Studios. Get out of here. Oh man, there's a reason for margins. We talked about that. Let's see. I need to put the. Uh, there we go. There we go. Hello. I walk in uh, and get my locker room key. And I noticed the number was interesting. It was odd. <laughs> and so I walk down to the. There's two locker rooms upstairs and downstairs. And I walk to the downstairs locker room because that's what I asked for and the numbers don't match up. And I was like, oh man, she must have given me the uh, an upstairs locker, no big deal. I'll go, um, I'll go upstairs, takes, you know, an extra minute or so. And it's actually good for you, you know, I'm always talking about doing things that challenge your brain, do things that are a little bit different. And so I go upstairs to the upstairs locker room. And those numbers don't match either. They're even further off. And I was like, uh, that's really weird. So, what is up with that? And I think, oh my gosh, I bet you she gave me a number, a key to the, uh, 
to the women's locker room. <laughs> and she did. I went up to the front and I said, hey, uh, I don't know if you want me to go to the women's locker room. Might cause a little bit of a scene. I, don't, I, I was funny. And uh, she was actually a little bit embarrassed, which was kind of odd. Because, like, I make mistakes all the time. Like, oh my gosh, so sorry. And uh, then when I was leaving, I said, uh, hey, I checked out the uh, women's locker room. It's all good in there. And then she laughed some more and said, thanks for your sense of humor on it. On it. And I was like, oh, whatever, no big deal. <laughs> I don't really care. But anyway, let's talk about the, uh, well, the margins, right? A little bit of extra time. I've noticed two things. One, little stuff always pops up. It gives you time to, uh, a little bit of buffer on the little things, like having to go up to a completely different locker room and then going back to the front and getting a little bit different key. <sighs> All that extra time. And then, well, the other thing is without, if you have no space in your schedule, you make your triathlon training schedule so tight with no space, there's no time for creativity to try out uh, experimenting with little things. Little things take a second, you know, like, hmm, I wonder if I put this, I'm trying to think of something, in my swim bag. Uh, or if I take this extra little route over here, will I have, is it actually faster? Is it um, safer? Is it, you know, like say, yeah, on your bike. But then, or packing up your stuff for, for a workout. If I make this one little change, is it better? But if your schedule is so tight, you don't have time to even try a different change, right? Oh, a car just ran off the road up here. <laughs> All right. And if uh, you give yourself a little bit of margin, then you have time to try out the little things in life, you know? And it's those, it's those little experiments that make you human. We're all, the reason we advanced so much in the world over other critters is because we like to experiment and try different things out. We don't take things just as they are. We always mess with stuff, which is both our, that's also our downfall. <laughs> hey, what if we slam uh, two heavy uh, uh, materials together? Will it possibly create a nuclear bomb? A massive explosion. Oh, look at that, it does. Oh, crap. Now we could end the world. But anyway, the uh, the margin was nice because it gave me the extra time to uh, try, you know, to go to the front door. And also the extra time to go back to putting my toothbrush and my toothpaste back in my swim bag and brush my, brush my teeth after my swim, which is really good. And so back to the swim, the whole point is I was doing the thing where I was counting strokes crossing the pool and... Uh, about I was doing seven strokes on my right side which is actually really efficient that's a crazy low swolf score swim golf score and then about half uh, two-thirds through the swim maybe about halfway I think about two-thirds three-fifths <laughs> through the swim 
I noticed that I was starting to struggle to uh, make the seven on the right side. I was starting to have to do eight off and on. I never hit nine, I don't think. But what that is is your form is starting to come apart because uh, you're getting uh, a little bit tired, a little bit low on oxygen. And what I, what I might do, uh, this time I was just counting strokes. I wasn't doing the beep. And next uh, swim, I told myself, I'm gonna do the beep because, I'm gonna go back to doing the beep because I feel like that I can do seven without trying very hard. And then what I started doing was trying really hard. And then that wore me out. So can I do the seven just really relaxed? Because at first I was really relaxed doing seven on the right side. And I guess seven on the left, maybe. I don't know. So 14 strokes total to cross the pool. And if I do the beep, then I can tell actually how efficient it is and to not try as hard. Because if, again, at first I was doing it uh, very, very uh, casually. I was like, wow, that is really nice. And I was also imagining in my mind uh, that video footage of Lauren Brandon swimming so smoothly. And that's nice. That's a little bit of why we, uh, we watch other people uh, on TV and watch other people do stuff to give us ideas, to give, to give us inspiration on, um, on how to do things and that it's possible. Visualization, you know, imprinting in your mind. I'm getting my swim stuff out so I can put it in the roof rack to dry it out. Imprinting in your mind what it looks like and that it's possible and how to, how to do it. Not just that you can do it. Sure, you can do lots of things. We all know that. But how do you actually do it is a whole other uh, thing. And you need to see other people doing it. Oh, this stuff is all wet. <laughs> oh, man. I got my first scout meeting tonight where I'm totally in charge. So I'm going to send out emails and uh, to let everybody know you know, what we're meeting about tonight and what we're doing. I learned a really cool phrase a while back. Um, the number one mistake in communication is thinking that it happened. <laughs> You're assuming that uh, people know, right? And a lot of times people don't. And communication, as long as it's short and has some useful content in it, it is not wasteful, right? It's... it's uh, it's not worthless and it's not a pain in people's butt just a real quick email uh, I'm going to try that it's just a, hey we're meeting tonight we got to camp out this weekend we're meeting tonight about uh, the, planning out the camp out this weekend and the uh, menu and the schedule uh, everybody wear everybody make sure to bring your, your class A shirt and uh, closed toe shoes can't wait to see you there All right, I may, I may uh, go lean on the closed toe shoes. Don't want to take over and uh, be all crazy, you know. They want kindness. And uh, anyway, I'm really glad that the old Scoutmaster is still going to be there. Because <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Anyway, that's it. I'm going to let y'all go so I can finish the rest of my drive thinking about the uh, first little bit of work and what I got to get done today. Out, bang.
All right, finishing my run. Let's see, I'm trying to hit seven miles, 6.93. Will he hit it before the house? Here's the uphill section I'm adding, the one little thing. Emily just passed me and dropping off Kai across country. Passed me in her car. Let's see if she tries to talk to me while we're 6.97. And 6.98. And 6.907. inside I'm out in the street but the door's pretty close and she'll go what are you doing who are you talking to <laughs> okay I started a little bit earlier so I could get in my um, full seven miles I have a trigger in my mind that seven miles is a, a good distance to run for Ironman training and I'll hear the birds starting to come out let me turn off this light. The gear set up. Really good run. Really, really humid. I am pouring in sweat, even though I'm not trying very hard. Very much in zone one, zone two. Just jogging. But I'm literally soaked, like I've been swimming. And it's like, it's probably 75 degrees when I started at six in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, but like 100% humidity almost, like 99, just on the verge of raining, you can tell. And, oh man, let's see, listening to music on the iPhone, iPhone in a little sandwich Ziploc, and Apple AirPods, and then I've got these little silicone covers you put over the AirPods with little hooks on them, shaped things wedges to keep them in your ears works so good and then let's see amphipod running belt with uh with uh two flasks and water in one and about 150 calories of a little bit of gatorade powder and the rest of it maltodextrin in the uh and the other flask, and I sip on the sugary. So we're talking 150 calories over over uh, an hour and 10 minutes, hour and eight minutes. It's not that big of a deal. There's people just dragging garbage cans out all over the place. Oh, it's my neighbor. Here's some birds. And then, Let's see, Amphipod running belt is so cool because it's got a little pouch on it. Put my phone in it and then I run with my uh, earphones. No wires, no cables, sweatproof. Everything works, it just works, man. Totally works. And then a supervisor, um, head sweats visor, which is the one of the running visors that has an adjustable headband. There's my neighbor just wandering around the street. And then um, that way, as it starts to wear out just a little bit, you know, these visors, 
I've got a big head and so a regular visor hurts my head and then it gets stretched out and then for like two weeks it's good and then it's too loose and slides down all over. <laughs> so the supervisor you can order online and it has an adjustable headband on it. It's the exact same material as the other ones but you can get it exactly how you want it throughout the life of it and you can wear it like two years before you finally go okay this thing's shot. It's way smarter by. And then these uh, Adidas Ultra Boost um, running shoes. And mine are the ones, I think they're called STs or something like that for structure. I don't know. But anyway, they're the ones that are anti pronation. Um, they are like running on uh, latex mattresses. <laughs> it's so soft. It's just cruising man I cannot wait to do an ultra and I think I have done an ultra in these things they just never stop and they're just so soft and then you get the ones with the control and they keep you from rolling around and boom all done all good and I think that's it I'm gonna cool off by hopping in the pool real quick and then have a little bit of ice cream for uh, to cool down and a little bit of um, protein and sugar and fat and let's see what we got here I'm checking my times on the garments let's see got let's see if we get a summary saving okay recovery time 19 hours blah 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 7.0 miles and 109.10 which is a 952 pace which is wonderful got a little bit of rolling a little tiny bit of rolling elevation so all right I'm gonna go hop in the pool check y'all later out bang all right all right are we here we're here uh, I was in Tri mobile studios leaving the pool almost all ready to work listening to uh, samurai Japanese trap hip-hop or whatever the fuck that is <laughs> I don't know but it's good puts me into a nice cool uh, chill mode and it's it's a YouTube a live stream YouTube channel <sighs> gets me gets me relaxed uh, got a little update on the green smoothie I don't think I mentioned this before so last couple episodes been talking about how those of us with a Vitamix get banished to the basement. I've been getting tweets from people about where they get banished to. Basement, garage in my case, shed out back, uh, banished to certain hours of the day, not allowed to use the Vitamix because it's so loud. Uh, the arguments they've gotten into with their family, uh, yelling at them to turn that thing down. And... Uh, been kind of funny but anyway I got a trick I figured out of gosh several years ago I brought a blender up to work because I have a Vitamix and then we were looking to do something with this other blender that we don't use and I said well maybe I'll bring it up to work and leave it in the break room we have like a small semi kitchen uh, no ovens microwave oven but uh, no stovetop but the uh, uh, I, I thought I'll just bring a blender up there in case anybody ever wants to make a smoothie of whatever kind and It'll be up there for them. 
so yesterday I got really crazy and I thought, man, I'm going to bring my kale and fresh kale and carrots and a banana up to work and I'm going to make a smoothie when I get to work after I start getting hungry like early morning because I don't eat like a real breakfast because I ran or something like that. Anyway, and it was great. It's a great solution, everybody. If you can do it, do it. And what I figured out is first I put in ice and some water and I should have put kale, the kale, one, one big leaf of kale, I de-stemmed it. You know, I ripped all the kale off the stem and then threw the stem in the trash. Usually I give that to my dog. <laughs> he loves it. And uh, this girl at work came in to watch. She thought it was neat. And uh, so one big leaf of kale, fresh leaf of kale, handful of baby carrots, big handful of baby carrots, and a banana to sweeten it up, and ice and water, and then put on the blender, and it's a Oster Oyster brand blender. It's kind of a, you know, it's a nice one, but there's still nothing like a Vitamix. So on the very far right button, whichever one that was, Whip or something like that, it's all rattling and it sounds like crazy. It sounds terrible, you know. And then uh, we were laughing because it was so loud. And if there was a meeting in the next room over, we were going to get yelled at. But then I hit the liquefy button and that... Now, there may be a better button. I only tried two buttons out of the eight. But liquefy was boss. That's the one you want. It did a really great job. And then I poured all this mess into my... Uh, I've got one of those Yeti uh, simulator cups. It's not really Yeti. It's an Arctic without the A. Because nobody can spell anything correctly nowadays and sell anything. So it's got to be... Uh, R-T-I-C, but I poured it in there, and yes, it's not as blended as a Vitamix would do it, but honestly, that's not that bad of a thing, because it was still fine, and I wouldn't call it chunky, it was just more textured, but that's good for you, you know, giving your stomach stuff to work on is fine, and it was cold, because I had put ice in there, you know, with it, and and then the uh, Arctic mug, big. It's like a 22 ounce mug, I guess. Maybe 22 ounce. Maybe that's a little bit. Maybe it's not quite 22. 16 or something. But anyway, it kept it nice and cold, and I drank it for a long time, and it was very, very pleasant. And I felt great the rest of the day, and then um, I woke up this morning and had lost two pounds from yesterday. Now, a lot of that's exaggerated, but that does go to show you, I know for a fact that if I eat a green smoothie, that I will um, lose weight if I eat a green smoothie every day. And this was really smart because I can keep the ingredients up at work and it's a habit and that's less stuff for me to carry to work every, every day. I don't need to make a smoothie at home and then everybody's not all woke, woken up and getting angry, right? Uh, let's see, last night I did more bike trainer. I did it in erg mode. It seems like trainer road on the phone conflicts with the Garmin. They don't know which one to, which one should control it. And so the trainer road wasn't working to control it. It was reading, but it wasn't controlling. And so I switched over to the Garmin 520 and did a control from there. And it's three, it's four button presses. 
to um, get it to change resistance, which is not great, but it's also not terrible. Once you kind of memorize the button pattern, it's not that bad. And but if you're wrong, then it's another uh, it's another four to uh, control it back down. And I was just watching a YouTube video. I was watching towards the end of the uh, women's 70.3 in Chattanooga. And man, the, the commentators are excited about that race. It's really good. And then this morning, I added to my coffee on the way to the pool, a, I wouldn't call it a tablespoon, maybe half a table, probably half a tablespoon of coconut oil to my coffee and maltodextrin mix. And I don't think it works. I think it made me feel a little bit sick to my stomach, even though I was drinking it slowly. And yeah, see you. Anyway, I'm at uh, W to the ERK. I'm going to uh, go in and get some stuff done. We got some software specifications we got to check out, or else we can't upgrade. Aya. All right, Outbank. All right, we are back, and I'm actually uh, talking a little bit closer to the mic. It should be a little bit better audio quality here. <laughs> Had a uh, great workout last night, did a seven mile run, just cruising along, just nice and easy. And then this morning, uh, let's see, I oh, did a bike ride on the trainer, and I'll talk about that later. But listening to the Science of Ultra podcast, all about injuries and strengthening your tendons versus your muscles, and it is awesome. I highly recommend everybody go listen to this right now. Uh, two things, one, your body is uh, sensitive to change. Your tendons are like your nose. This is really cool, just kind of a zen thing. Your nose gets numb to a smell, right? So people that have a lot of dogs, they don't smell their dogs after a while. What your nose is tuned to is change. Because if, if there isn't any change and you're alive, well then things are probably okay. So that's a waste of energy to continue smelling something uh, bad, right? But uh, your hold on, I'm driving off the pavement a little bit to get to this uh, turn signal. The uh, your nose senses change. Well, that could be a predator right? Or it could be an impending storm that's blowing uh, wind from a different direction and you could die, right? So let's, uh, let's be aware of that. Let's alert the system, right? Okay, so your tendons are like that. Your tendons get, they adapt quickly to a wor workout stimulus and then stop. So while your muscles will continue adapting and improving over the period of a one, two hour, three hour workout. Your tendons are like your nose. They go, oh, stimulus. And for a few minutes, six to 10 minutes or something like that, they go, uh, yep, oh, we're getting stimulus. We need to improve. We need to change. And then after six to 10 minutes, it reverses and that's all that they can handle. And then they start to break down. They level out or break down and get worse. And it's really fascinating. And uh, hold on a second, I'll be right back. I gotta pick up some breakfast tacos, of course. <laughs> and then I'll be back on the mic. This is really interesting stuff. Okay, I'm back. <coughs> Got my breakfast tacos, which have protein in them, which is important. Maybe some collagen too. And 
Okay, the way your so after like six or ten minutes, well, to get an effective uh, workout to increase your tendon strength, let's say you've got tendon injuries like I do, like plantar fasciitis, after six to ten minutes, um, you're just doing harm. But if you do a uh, six to ten minute jump rope or something like that, then uh, you're improving your strength and not causing harm. Do that like every other day or something like that. I want you all to go listen to the uh, interview. It is awesome. Science of Ultra. Okay, this is what, in, this is uh, endurance sports done scientifically with interviews with scientists and stuff and labs. So it's real. It's not just kind of like, well, I did this and this kind of happened and I don't know how, <laughs> you know, because I'm a Sagittarius, you know, crap like that. But, uh, the, the other thing is your muscles uh, got, have blood flow so they can get improvement in nutrition and stuff like that hours after a workout. Tendons do not get blood flow. The way that they get nutrition to help heal and repair is through um, by sponge action, which means contraction and like squeeze, release, squeeze, release. You get squeeze, release by actually doing a workout. So what you need to do is to help heal and, and protective, not just heal, but also protect your uh, tendons. And they said, this is specifically ultra runners. I need to know this. It's an ultra running podcast. Uh, I'm trying to rotate the breakfast tacos around so they quit falling over. The... Uh, you need to take this nutrition I'm about to tell you about an hour before so it's in your bloodstream and then when you work out it's flowing around in there and then when you do the the motion of your workout or of just your protective jump rope or something like that you're, you get that squeeze release, squeeze, release and it pulls all this stuff in and what they found out was uh, gelatin uh, increases your collagen and your collagen, the gelatin in there uh, with the squeeze, squeeze release, if it's in your bloodstream, goes to your tendons and rebuilds your tendons and improves them and increases them so that they're stronger and 10 to 15 grams of gelatin with a tiny bit of vitamin C does the trick. So I'm going to try this, but based on lab results and what they're what they're doing scientifically, they said it 100% works. The body soaks it up, and then it increases your uh, tendon strength. So I drink coffee before my workout, <laughs> so I can just put. I haven't. I don't know how ten, much 10 to 15 grams of gelatin actually looks like or tastes like. I imagine it doesn't taste like anything. Um, in my coffee, uh, well, you know, an hour before my workout. And with a little bit of vitamin C. So I'm not sure, you know, do I have vitamin C laying around? What can I do? Maybe add a little bit of orange juice or something like that to my coffee. And boom, you're improving and increasing your collagen. And I'm wondering also, you know, as we get older, you can tell somebody's older because they're losing the collagen in their face. And I'm wondering if that'll plump up your, um, the collagen under your skin tissue as well, especially if you're working out and you're bouncing while running, 
And then that gets blood flow into all those extra areas, and then it increases your uh, collagen. And this is no joke. Like, the amount that they were saying that this improves things is crazy. It's, like, really, really important. And so I'm super excited to try that out. Super excited. Okay. I'll probably remember a little bit more about that as I uh, talk about something else. Bike workout this morning. My buddy Jim posted on my bike workout a while, uh, a couple days ago that he was really impressed that my watts, I was doing like 230, 240 watts, was, uh, was being done at just like 115, 120 beats per minute. And he was like, your watts are so much higher than your heart rate. <laughs> And that was that's just a metric he was kind of using. Uh, oh, back to the uh, collagen thing. You get injured because your muscles are stronger than your tendons, and then, then from overuse, your tendons get stiffer and stiffer and stiffer, and then they get too stiff. They get too tight uh, as from the reaction from the working out, and then they pop, right? And then the way you uh, injure a muscle is your muscles are too weak and the tendon pulls and pulls and pulls and pulls and eventually a muscle has to give, right? So it's one or the other, your tendon gives or your muscles give. So you need your ratio even so that your tendons are appropriately strong with your muscles. And when you get one kind of injury that shows you that one's weaker or more too powerful for the other. That was the last thing I wanted to talk about. Okay, now, I, was, I want y'all to try this workout. So I did this for Jim. I said, what you got to do is uh, hard bike workouts, just enough like you're doing weights in the gym, and then your power will increase. So on today's the 21st, you can go look at my workout on Strava. You can see that I warmed up for 10, 15 minutes, right, and easy, and then I rode even, and it wasn't capturing heart rate because I'm still messing around with that stuff, but my heart rate was zone two. And then the last seven minutes... I did three really hard intervals. So it was one minute really hard until my legs about blew out and then about two minutes easy recovery. Just like I'm in the gym, if I was doing the squat rack, right? How long can you do a squats for before you have to stop? About a minute if you load it up appropriately. And then you do three sets of that and then when you come back a couple days later, you're stronger. So just do that on the bike. One minute, so hard, but at appropriate, uh, not super low cadence, you don't really need to do that. Um, you know, like 80, 90 RPM. But at such a high resistance rate that your legs start to burn and they, they almost give out. And then two minutes easy to recover. And then uh, I did three intervals of that. I mean, I, you could work your way up to four, but that's it. All right, I got to go inside and uh, get off the mic here. But... Um, Oh, that's the appropriate amount of work to strengthen you and then in a couple of days later be stronger and not be exhausted, right? If you do more than that, then you're, uh, you're going to damage yourself and you're going to put yourself into a hole. All right, out, bang. All right, all right. Mobile Studios on my way to work. Drinking ice water after my swim. Really good way to cool down so when I get to work, I'm not quite as red-faced. It's foggy outside. I can see the sun. I can stare directly at the sun like we were not supposed to do during the eclipse because it's that thick of fog. The sun is about 15 degrees up on the horizon. And it's a warm, humid, cool, cold, dank, clear 
<laughs> morning. And let's see, what else we got going on? Oh, just had an Amrita bar after my swim too. Brush my teeth, get all cleaned up, then celebrate with a uh, nice little Amrita bar. You can get yours at 50, for 15% off. Derp. Discount code Zen. Uh, Zen at AmritaHealthFoods.com. Mine was uh, apple cinnamon. Nice. You can hear the wrapper right here. See, that's good podcasting. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, let's see. Last I left, we were trying to decide if... Uh, let me take all these Apple AirPods, which continue to rock and blow my mind with how good they are. The uh, We left with doing the gelatin thing last night. Woke up this morning, and I've got a problem where I try to do uh, two experiments at the same time, you know. <laughs> and then you can never really tell. So last night, I decided to see if sleeping without the boot on my right foot would... Uh, how my feet felt in the morning. Left foot was fine-ish. And right inside of right heel hurt sharply while getting up. So I still need the boot. Das Boot. Very much so. Oh, we got a dump truck driving up ahead. It's just spewing out diesel. Oh, man. I heard that thing where uh, trucks spew out diesel smoke, like just pickup trucks on purpose. It's called coal rolling. And it's a really redneck thing to do. It's really stupid. Don't do that. You look like a look like a dork. Anyway, the um, yes, you can cut in front of me. And let's see. Uh, I noticed with the gelatin thing that the when you put it in your uh, drink before you go work out, let's say a coffee, you cut me off and then you spray your stupid wipers and then spray me with water. That's great. That it leaves a little bit of clear residue in the bottom that hardens. And I guess hot water will get it out, but that's a, uh, a little bit of a downside. Everything's got a downside. You, know, you can find the perfect fuel, but then it doesn't mix great with water. You've got to constantly shake it. <laughs> or you find something that's going to heal you up or over or down anyway, and then it leaves a hard residue in the bottom of your cup. Such is life. But, well, you know what I did like was... The, uh, oh, otherwise I feel fine. Like, uh, feel pretty good, actually. I think it's smart. And then the other thing that, that I really like is that it's a ritual. About an hour before you work out, right? It could be pointless. It could be meaningless. It's that whole thing with um, uh, baseball players, you know, doing their entire ritual. Let's see who this was that cut me off and then sprayed me with his windshield wiper fluid. Just some dude. Pulled up next to him. And... The pickup and truck of me, the pickup in front of me, <laughs> says Southern Bell Raisin Hell on its back glass. And the uh, ritual, you know, tapping the, the, the base, the home plate, like uh, six times. And then, you know, all the tennis players, you know, plucking their strings eight times this. And then, you know, crossing your chest and pointing at the sky, and throwing a cat into a kettle, and boiling black-eyed peas. Whatever your ritual is, uh, the ritual 
gets your mind going for the um, for the thing that you're about to do. So the gelatin thing's nice. It's a perfect little ritual, you know. Put the gelatin in because it's good for you, supposedly, and it'll heal me up. Plus, I can make kind of a ritual out of it, and it kind of gets me going into my day. It's pretty funny. I like it. I think it's going to fit in nicely, I hope. But, uh, and then, yeah, I do that. Oh, this morning I did hornet juice. If uh, you want some protein burn so that you have a nice good workout, hornet juice is the way to go. Go on the right side, zentrathlon.com. Get yourself some hornet juice. It's an amino acid that uh, turns on fat burning big time. And I put that... I didn't do the gelatin thing this morning for my swim because I don't need it. I'm going to do it once a day, and I'm going to run tonight. So I do it right before the run, not before the swim. But the uh, the nice thing is my ritual this morning was hornet juice and what was the other thing? Ashwagandha. Man, I bought this big bag of ashwagandha, and I spoon out like a, is it like a quarter of a teaspoon at a time. And then it just mellows me out. I have such a nice workout, a nice swim, or run, or bike, whenever I, whenever I do that. And then, you know, I get my gear together to leave the house, and then go swim, or get my gear together to go for a run. Rituals are big, man. They work really nice. All right, I got to go inside to W to the ERK. I got a big meeting this morning. Out, bang. Oh my gosh, I hope this is the last entry in my training log. I've got to get a show out. We've got to talk about that Dorito trainer. But anyway, had some developments that are actually pretty cool. First one is I cut my lip shaving this morning. And I'm like, how in the world does that even happen? And how do I get up earlier and get more to get more stuff done and then I end up later? I wonder if I fold in like too much stuff because I think I got more time. Anyway, I had a fantastic run this morning, and the dynamics of what makes it so much better is, one, my plantar fasciitis, again, has recovered, this should be a drinking game, how much I mentioned plantar fasciitis, uh, has recovered enough where I can actually, it seems like I can run uh, the general rolling hills in my neighborhood, and if you know the meme, the junk and the drunken drunken Charmander looks like a salamander that can throw fire in Pokemon not Pokemon dad it's Pokemon I'm like whatever but in Pokemon uh, somebody got a tattoo of one one time and it was terrible absolutely terrible and so it's a meme it's drunken Charmander like char as in charcoal not Charmander but Charmander I think uh, so my route looks like that. It's just looping and looping and looping, and it's great. But what makes it great is it's these asphalt roads, asphalt softer than concrete. Uh, and they are very low traffic early in the morning. And they are na- they're subdivision streets. And there are lots of cul-de-sacs and loops, so there's very little very little reason for cars to be on them they're not through streets mostly and so I can run right in the middle of them 
And even though they're crowned, I don't have to run on the left side or the right side very much. Only when a car comes, which is like once every 10 minutes or something. Hold on, coffee sip. And so I'm running, and there's streetlights in our subdivision, and it's a big subdivision. So I can uh, run and see, like I said earlier, I can see the pavement really well. So the chances of me falling, one, is low, but also your foot placement is way more precise and less sloppy whenever you can actually see better. If it's real dim or dark and you're running, you know, I've noticed that there's little gaps in your footfall. You fall, you, you hit the ground too soon or too late, and so it's a little bit jarring Remember that thing where you reach to take a step and then there's no step and then you fall just an extra inch or two and it ends up like hurting your spine from the impact, from the jolt of going too far? Well, it's, uh, it's like little microscopic versions of that when you can't see very well. So with street lights, I can actually see really well. And so I'm running along in the middle. I'm, I'm on a almost flat surface. And... Uh, and again, it's slightly soft dish, more soft than concrete, but way more precise than dirt. And it's lit. And I'm just running along and just having the time of my life. And then the other thing here in Texas, it is so hot. I mean, it is insane. And if you've got any kind of a uh, tailwind behind you, it is just insufferable because now it's like you're running uh, if the wind is uh, 6 miles per hour and you're running 6 miles per hour then it's like you're running in a super humid hot room with no wind flow over you at all and if that happens for um, any distance it just cooks you it's unbelievably how terrible it is and with these loops I never seem to go more than like a third of a mile about before I uh, before I turn directions. It's nice. It's so nice. I'm just looping and running and whatever. And that's the magic. That environment, that running environment is what turned, turned me into by accident. I just happened to start running like that on these roads. It turned me by accident to a great runner many years ago because I was not one before that. And... The reason I started running those is because of my dog. I was running with my dogs, and the other people with dogs are very unpredictable. And instead of running on the narrow sidewalk where you're trapped with your uh, dog, with somebody else's dog going the other way, or you got to pass them, and then they start roughhousing or fighting one or the other with each other, uh, you can get away from people when you're on a, a wider street. You know, there's somebody approaching with a dog, well, you can cross to the other side. You know, and then with a retractable leash, these like 15 foot retractable leashes, your dog can run all over the place. And you run in the middle of the street, they can check out. They're like, that mailbox over there smells like dog pee. And that mailbox over there smells like a cat. There's a cat. Right? And uh, that's how dogs go. Dogs actually all say, hey. That's their only word. And they say it all the time. They're like, hey, 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 like that. I think that's a far side uh, cartoon. But anyway, hold on, coffee sip.
the uh, what's that stuff? The gelatin collagen experiment seems to be working. Uh, feet seem to be healing up even faster than before. And also, I started a spreadsheet, and I don't I only have like five or six entries in it, but in it I'm recording uh, some really interesting stuff. Um, it's color coded by sport, you know, bike, run, swim, and then I'm recording if I'm faster or slower, and then also how long it took for me to get up to 120 beats per minute. Because if you can't get your heart rate up, that means you're too tired or you're under fuel, so you're not going to have a good workout. And uh, was I faster than before? I'm trying to think whatever, whatever else. But anyway, what I'm recording are the key indicators for recovery. Or, I mean, do I need a rest day? Right? If I'm... Oh, and one thing is, did I have to pee during my one-hour workout? Even though I peed before my workout, do I have to start peeing? Uh, because I have that problem, and it's from low blood sugar. It's from uh, not eating enough and training too much and not eating enough carbs, actually. Then you start needing... Uh, my my body goes, hey, dump liquid to concentrate your blood to up, it's a, it's a trick your body does to elevate your blood sugar, is it uh, dumps water and that concentrates it orange, orange juice, blood sugar from concentrate in a can and it really works uh, but it's annoying as hell to have to pee, even though you just uh, started running um you know, it's only been 20 minutes into your run. And I've noticed that uh, if I don't have to pee during a workout, then I'm doing, uh, I got stuff, I am dialed in. Like, things are doing great. So I did a two-hour bike ride on Sunday afternoon on the trainer. And uh, no, uh, no needing to pee. Uh, speaking of that, let's see. We had... Uh, some trainer rides that I did and the smart trainer you know Zwift can tell it to go harder when you go uphill and things like that but also it's just a little bit better quality of control and resistance and stuff and I've noticed I've started doing some workouts that uh, to up my cadence if you have a high cadence then you are a much better cyclist you're much better off in the long run because things don't fatigue you because you're not grunting along. So a high cadence than going uphill and stuff just doesn't uh, phase your legs as much. But you got to develop that high cadence. And I figured something out. Get on a, a type of bike trainer workout is to get on the trainer and then start pedaling and then uh, do your smart, do your regular bike trainer, dumb trainer, or a smart trainer and just do the regular resistance mode not um, where it sends you a workout and then only shift up into a harder gear after you have achieved a cadence of 90 RPM <laughs> as your current cadence you're in zone 2 so you're pedaling along and what you'll notice is after a while 
your body gets smarter, your brain and your muscles get smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter, and your coordination gets smarter. And it goes, you can actually up your cadence until you're up into the high 80s, uh, low 90s, and pedaling along just fine. Then shift into a harder gear. And then you'll notice you'll be around like mid 80s or lower 80s, and then keep pedaling until uh, that uh, works itself up into a um, around 90 RPM again. And over the period of an hour, you'll notice that your power, your speed, is actually quite high. But your legs aren't tired because the uh, torque you're having to put down is actually lower. It's just RPM. Horsepower is um, torque times RPMs. So if you do higher RPMs, rotations, you don't need to put out as much uh, torque. It's torque that actually tires your muscles out. Uh, you can do the uh, thing where you sit up against a wall with your legs at a 90 degree angle. You know, that thing where you, it looks like you're sitting on a bench, but you're supporting yourself by pushing up against a wall. It's a punishment in uh, football and basketball and in the military. Um, that is zero RPM. That's one RPM. That's zero RPMs. And it tires you out so fast because it's all torque, right? And just imagine that on the bike, the lower your cadence, the lower your RPM, the, uh, the higher the torque you have to put out and it completely blows out your legs. So if you do high cadence, then uh, it's very little torque and you can actually go a lot longer. Besides drugs, that was uh, Lance, Ar Lance Armstrong's uh, big secret was higher cadence. And I've noticed I can put out 20 more watts easily at a higher cadence with uh, my legs feeling nowhere near as fatigued as I could if I was doing a lower cadence. It's pretty cool stuff. But if you keep creeping your cadence up and not shifting uh, into a bigger gear until you hit 90 RPM, then that's a way to train up your cadence over time. It really, 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 really works. And it's really awesome. All right, that's it. I got to go. Bing. All right, let's wrap up this show with some donations. Let's see. We have listeners that support the show. It's actually really, really cool. It helps keep the show on the air, and I really appreciate it. On the left side of zentriathlon.com, you can go and sign up for a one-time or a recurring donation. And it's a uh, recurring donation is like a dollar a week. Considering the amount of hours that go into making a show for you guys, it's actually a really, really good deal. And getting feedback with uh, sponsorships from you guys. Also, I should say y'all. <laughs> I'm in Texas. We can say y'all. From y'all is uh, validation that we're doing something good here and spreading the message of having a lot of fun doing triathlon and the triathlon lifestyle. And also, you can do a one-time donation. And if you donate, I read your name on the show, like I'm about to do here. And also, if you send in an email with a question, I can answer it publicly or privately. Read your uh, statement on the show. And it's a, a really good thing. Oh, I've got a car behind me. What's going on? Oh, it's just a big old diesel. We're in Texas. 
Got a Dodge Diesel Dually, a Triple D coming up behind me. Okay, let's see. We have Karen Jackson, Simon Wright, Daniel Clemens, Justice Phillips. What is up, dude? William Smith, Jonathan Woodman, Hun Chu, Tanya Roy, David Williams, for some reason in all caps. I'm not sure. Did I type that or did he type that? John Mulan, uh, Katie Joe Favia, uh, Madsen Hans Henrik. And I can't tell if it's Hans Henrik Madsen or Madsen Hans Henrik. Those are all very good first and last names. And James Godek, Peter Salzen. How's it going, man? And Matthew Heinz in all caps for some reason. <laughs> and let's see, Michael Wilkinson, Matthew Froese, Allison Frutos, M. Webb, Tyler Moyer, Curtis Fawson, Spiros Fetsis, Dwayne Morin, Joseph Deber. Have I read that twice? Did that come through twice? Anyway, uh, and our last one here is Lars. And he sent in an email. So this is a perfect time to read it. Howdy, Brett. <laughs> Whenever you buy Hornet Juice, I reply back with howdy. That's my new thing. I handwrite you an email. And he says, uh, awesome to hear. Oh, because he got some Hornet Juice. And I said, your stuff is on the way. And so he's doing uh, awesome to hear back. Awesome to hear, exclamation point. By the way, thank you for getting me in touch with Hornet Juice and you can, exclamation point. Finished my first half Ironman, Steelhead, using only Hornet Juice and you can mix, exclamation point. And I went, well, exclamation point. Is, is there an exclamation point at the end of each one of these? Uh, 541 total. That's a really good time, man. Uh, top 30% of my age group. And I'm, the, I'm, at, I'm in the oldest end of age group. 39 years old and the 35 to 39. Yeah, that is a brutal age group right there. And so beat a bunch of you ager guys uh, in my first one. Uh, awfully slow swim. Somehow using a swim shoot made my time slower in training compared to my times using just paddles. <laughs> okay, uh, let me answer that question real quick. Uh the right tool to use in training, this is Brett talking now, Coach Brett. The right tool in, in training is the one that's going to fix your current issue. So you have, um, let's say in swimming, you need something to get fixed. Like say you have, uh, the, the thing that's holding you back the most, say you have a low turnover rate. you got to look at some metrics and then say, okay, what's holding me back the most? I got a low turnover rate. Okay, so that means I need to up my cadence. So the right tool for you isn't necessarily a swim, a swim shoot, even though it does increase cadence some, but it's probably a cadence beeper that you can put on the side of your goggles and you can hear a cadence beep. And then you start trying to swim with a slightly higher cadence. Uh, in running, let's say uh, you run... I was at a track uh, cross-country meet and I saw some interesting running forms. Most everybody has... Uh, pretty good running for him, but I saw a guy that was running with both hands bobbing at the same time instead of uh, counterbalancing. He was running with hands uh, both going up and down and left and right at the same time. It's odd to see when, when you see it. It was working, but I'm like, that guy needs to work on that, right? So whatever tool fixes that. And then uh, biking you want to improve your biking, you can look at your um, your 
the next race has a lot of hills and you live where it's flat, well, to be faster in your next race, you need to be doing some hills, right? So the uh, drag shoot um, may not be something. Oh, and if you if you work on something that you don't need to work on that much and isn't your biggest limiter right now, you're not going to notice really that much improvement compared to if you worked on something that was your big improvement. So in this case, uh, with the swim shoot, there's several things, lots of things to be using in the pool, tools. You have a drag shoot, is what he's calling a swim shoot, and uh, you have the pool boy uh, between your legs. You have hand paddles. Um, you can have like a snorkel thing to teach you to keep your head down uh, more and what body position feels better. Uh, you got increasing your kick power, uh, so some zoomies, uh, flippers, for example, to increase your leg strength. There's a whole bunch of, of things, right? And uh, and this is a great example of working on one thing didn't really do it. So don't give up, man. Uh, keep moving around and trying different things, and you'll notice uh, one of them will greatly improve your swimming. And then, but nothing's nothing's forever. So it'll improve your swimming for a while, and then when it stops, that means something else is now your limiter. Okay, let's go back to the email. Let's see, he did a 237 bike. Whoa, that is smoking, dude. And a half decent, half marathon. <laughs> that would be a good name for a race, right? The half decent, half marathon in Dallas, Texas. Uh, but was stoked, nevertheless, since this was my first half iron and was below the six hours and and that's apparently considered a good first time so thank you for the nutritional tips exclamation point cheers Lars hey you know something else you did awesome Lars is you biked really fast and you said you had a decent run which usually people over bike and then have a bad run and you didn't you are uh, really kicking ass on the bike but not overdoing it so that you actually have a good run. Congrats, man. That's pretty awesome. Okay, we also have a couple other sponsors to mention, and then we can get out of here while I look them up. Got good news on my feet. I ran seven miles two days in a row, and my feet are fine. And it was on gentle rolling terrain. I think I talked about it in the training log some too. But I did more. And I swam a 119 pace this morning in my swim. So... Everything is looking up. Once we get back to where I was before, we can start doing some races again. I don't want to sign up for races until I know I'm not going to injure my feet some more. Okay, you can. Our, our friend emailed us and said he's been using you can. And you can get uh, you can with at a discount of 15% off. Go to UCAN's website and use the discount code Zentry. That's what I use. I just ordered some Zen some uh, you can the other day. I get the plain and then I add it to coffee. And I've got like liquid stevia or powdered stevia. You know, I can add it to it to sweeten it up all I want. I do it a lot of times before swims. It's great. Uh, you can is a very slow acting starch. And let's see. We mentioned salt stick. And I think uh, Amrita bars, you can get uh, discount code Zen, will get you 15% uh, off orders which is really cool. I've been posting on Instagram uh, my swims, and then after every swim, I, I'll i either eat a, an Amrita bar, sometimes a Cliff bar if I can't find my Amrita bars, like they're buried in the pantry, or I'm running low. Kai steals them. 
they're really good. His favorite is uh, strawberry. It's really good. And they also do um, high protein, higher protein um, recovery bars. They have a lot of chocolate in them usually. And I love those. And we mentioned Velosurance. And the last thing is Hornet Juice, which, uh, wow, a lot of people are dialing in and ringing up the Hornet Juice, which is great stuff. So Hornet Juice is an amino acid powder. I used it this morning on my swim. So it's got a light, uh, kind of like a grapefruit sweet, kind of like a semi-sour sweet. It's really kind of not bad um, flavor to it. And I think each packet's only about 60 calories, but it's it's a blend of amino acids, a blend of proteins that when your body digests them, it goes, oh, it's time to burn body fat. It's weird, but it works, and it works really, really well. So this morning, I had some on the way to the pool, and then when I was swimming, uh, I had some in some green tea, which is a really... That was actually really nice. So when I was swimming, I noticed what I do is I do this beep timer thing. And then I was going along and I had my beep timer set to a 119. I thought, man, I'm going to try to do a 119 pace this morning, which is a stretch, you know, because I can do a 120. But doing a 119 pace per 100 yards, oh, man, that's uh, pushing a little bit. Well, lo and behold, I was beating it and I was doing a 118. (laughs) A 118. I couldn't believe it for half an hour. And about 32 minutes in, I stopped beating the beep. I'd made it an extra 25 yards across the pool. Uh, By the time, um, instead of beeping at the wall, I was now beeping at the far wall. The 25-yard pool. And I was like, whoa, holy cow. And then I started to fade. And I ended up doing a 119 pace on average. But for that first half hour, I was killing it. I got a note in my uh, training notes to uh, not try to, (laughs) at a 119, don't be trying to beat the beep and gain time on it. You're going to end up slowing down more in the end. But uh, so that was fueled on Hornet Juice. And that's, that might be my best swim ever to date, could quite possibly be. And it's a new PR for me. 4,525 yards in under an hour. And yeah, I was filled in Hornet Juice. So on the right side of zentrathlon.com, you can go over there and check out Hornet Juice. You get a 10-pack or 20-pack. And like I said earlier, you uh, order it. And then I the email goes to me. And then I finish out the order by sending it to, uh, New, to uh, New Zealand. I send them an email saying, send these guys some Hornet Juice. And a tiny bit of that amount goes to me to help process, to pay me for actually processing the order and getting the word out there. That's how they, uh, that's how they do their advertising. And so then that goes back into the show. And then I get to bring you more swim tips and bike tips and running tips. So that's what's really cool is Hornet Juice is a neat way for you to get something cool and funky that actually does work. And it comes from New Zealand, which is fun. And you get an email from me which is fun because I say howdy with exc- there's at least two or three exclamation points in my email and those are just you know priceless <laughs> and uh, then um, you can email me back and ask me questions and I I, uh, I love it you ask me a question I've got this race coming up what should I do 
and um, I love talking triathlon, so I'm right there for you. And that's it with the Horn of Juice. I think that's enough sponsors for one episode. Oh my gosh, we are really doing well with sponsors. And I think that's it. Next episode, more training tips. We'll see if we uh, get an interview in. And also, uh, we're starting to get close to Kona. It's starting to get exciting. Woo! Oh man, more time on the trainer, more time with uh, Kai on his new bike. Emily's training is ramping up for um, her half Ironman. It's not till next spring, but she's starting to get um, needy in a good way. She's starting to ask questions. Why am I doing this? And why? Uh, why don't you tell me more about uh, what this means and what that means? And I said, well, step one is volume. When you do the volume that I assign you, then I know you're serious. And then once you uh, get your volume up there and you make your workouts, then it becomes exciting because we start diving into what's happening with the workouts. And just this week, you have begun. And this is uh, now time for us to talk about heart rate, and I showed her, um, I showed her some other athletes' heart rate on Strava, for example. I'm like, look, this is Angela Nath, and she did a four-hour bike ride on the trainer. And see the second half of her bike ride, see how her heart rate's climbing up and her power's going on down a little bit. Now, without talking to her and knowing what's going on, that's a that's a sign of getting a little bit dehydrated, right? And then here's my workout. Do you see how there's like this lull right here for about half an hour? Of the um, of this two-hour ride I was doing, and it's both heart rate and uh, power going down. Now, see that is under fueling, and you take care of that by drinking more water and more fuel. And so I'm like starting to point out to her like this is this and that is that, and uh, now she's getting it and absolutely loving it. So we'll talk more about uh, that, how to train for things with uh, heart rate. And metrics, like we do every episode. All right, so stay tuned out there. Everybody stay safe, work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out. Hey, how would you like to become an endurance monster? Get coached for your next big endurance event by yours truly, Coach Brett from Zentri. For only $1.99 a month, I build you a completely custom triathlon training plan using the industry's gold standard training platform. With Training Peaks, you can easily go online, see what your workouts are, then upload your results seamlessly that very same day. Then I build your next training block based on how you've been doing. I review every single workout and provide comments on what I'm seeing that you've done great and where we need to improve. If you want to get faster, better, stronger, and be able to go longer, don't do it alone. Reach out to me and we can work together with my depth of experience and get you to the finish line as fast as possible. Send me an email, texafornia at gmail.com. That's T-E-X-A-F-O-R-N-I-A, texafornia at gmail.com and put coaching in the subject line. See you at the start line.